I mean, I did, I did double leg somebody through my wall one time at a party. So, <laughs> what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Pohada Podcast. This is the fifth episode, and as you heard there, my guest this time around is Michelle Donovan. She's an advocate for women's jiu-jitsu in Minnesota and can be found coaching at Minnesota Top Team and M-Theory Jiu-Jitsu. She is a brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, a mom, and an absolute savage who, for the record, completely convinced both Polly and I that she was a big whiskey drinker and fully expected Polly and I to open a bottle of Pappy for her. I'm honestly still a little speechless, so kudos to her and inevitably Ishmael, who put her up to it. As usual, a huge shout-out to both Kathy and Polly Brooks for hosting the conversation, and a big shout-out to Sonny the Bulldog for making his first appearance, if you listen closely. And, of course, a huge shout-out to our podcast sponsor, 5 Watt Coffee, I can buy you a coffee in exchange for writing the podcast a funny five-star review on Apple Podcasts. 5 Watt Coffee is the best choice for craft coffee in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and the rest of the world. The winner of this week's gift card goes to username Brenda B.K. Knutson, who was using the podcast to hopefully fall asleep and found herself awake for another two hours. Make sure to stay tuned at the end of this episode for a sneak peek at who's up next. And without further ado, I give you my conversation with Michelle Donovan. No, I actually was going to let you guys in on a secret so that nobody else knows is that I'm actually pregnant. So. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. So, so please don't drink anything so on the yes, podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so water will be great. <laughs> ooh, ooh, root beer's my there jam. There was, see now, just like after that first ploy, now after this ploy, there was sort of a like, why, why isn't she just saying, uh, yeah, sure, I'll have a beer or whatever, you yeah. know, like, this seems weird. I mean, do your thing. <laughs> Oh, I was, that's kind of what I was nervous about was, I was like, God, how am I going to pull something off like that? (laughs) So that's good. (laughs) That's good. That was good for sure. Is that going to get edited out of this or do I put that right at the front as the grabber for this conversation? Oh, you can do whatever you want to (laughs) do. Well, it's up to you. I will, um, wait, which part? (laughs) <laughs> you mean which part the, the part whole, you just said the whole part yeah no that's okay that's totally i yeah oh, i yeah, wanted yeah. i want people to know because i'm still rolling and i'm still yeah. doing things and so good thing to consider for sure i also kind of wanted to talk about that and like how people should roll with someone like me and you go, know go, how hard it is it. yeah go. Um, it's actually more uncomfortable for somebody else to roll what with is? me. Tell, when, tell uh, me what you're talking about again. When, uh, so I'm pregnant yeah. and when I ask somebody to roll and if I tell them I'm pregnant, yes. they kind of get this face of like, oh boy. Yeah, I would. What, what should, I don't Same know. Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... And I tell him, I'm like, you don't have to roll with me if you don't want to roll with me. And but I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually just had somebody who who was like, yeah, no, I don't trust myself. And I was like, that's totally fine. I respect that. That's thank you for letting me know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I've, I already have a hesitation with other humans because I'm heavy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yep. so then, yeah, you throw something like that in the mix and I'm just going to immediately be like, oh, God. Yeah. Yep. Like, well, I skipped an entire day's drilling of arm bar from mount because you lean bo- all your weight onto both hands on, like, the chest. Yep, yep. And I was partnered with two small people. And I'm like, I'm just not going to do this. I'm sorry. Like, I'm going to crush you. So, like, that would make me super nervous. Yeah, I get it. Sure. 
and I totally get it. But I also felt that I haven't been coming to classes because I just had to wait until I could clear, you know, make sure that I'm at a low chance for miscarriage or anything like that. And then I can let people know. Right now, I'm only rolling with people who do know. Um, yeah, that's smart. And so that are comfortable with it. Because then I feel like it's something I have to tell somebody. Like, I shouldn't be secretive and try to roll with somebody and not let them know. Like, it's something I absolutely need to tell somebody. Because if they are uncomfortable, then I want them to be like, hey, no. (laughs) I don't trust myself, you know. So, but it's, I roll the same. I mean, honestly, my best roll this past week was with Kevin. Like, he went just hard enough that I didn't feel like I was in danger or anything like that. But also, there was no ego, you know? So it wasn't like we were just flowing, and it was nice. It was just technique for technique, and it was it was the most enjoyable role that I've had pregnant, actually. So... Kevin can put that on his business card or something. I know. <laughs> Ken roll <laughs> with pregnant women. <laughs> um, We're already up to two uh, intro pieces for this podcast. It's are you? I, so I have a background in fitness, and there's specific recommendations relative to lifting weights and all these other things yep. for pregnant women. Is there any sort of commentary out there like officially or unofficially as to when limits on certain rolling and whatever come in no and that's the thing is that this is still something that I feel hasn't been explored enough yeah sure and um I have a midwife and an OB um because my first pregnancy I had a c-section so it, coming back from jujitsu or like coming back to jujitsu with a c-section was one of those like really rough rough things what's a rough thing anyhow yeah yeah let alone putting all these weird pressures in position on your body yeah Yeah. um I remember I came back to an open mat and I was like I'll start with an open mat because then I can pick and choose people I want to roll with and then uh I got neon bellied and it was like six weeks after my surgery right on my scar and I was like yep we're good I'm done (laughs) it was less about who to choose and what to tell them not to do right (laughs) yeah um so my midwife has told me, she's like, if you, she said she tells this to, to all athletes that do what your normal routine is. So if you were training for a marathon pre-baby, then you can continue to run and it'll still be healthy. Yeah, it's and, like what your body's fine. ready for to begin with. Yep. So she said the only thing that she has concerns about is, um, you know, takedowns. I can't do takedowns, so... Like, I can do them, but nobody can do them on me. Um, and then she was worried about either anybody landing on me or just falling in general. Impact kind of stuff mm-hmm. more than anything. Yeah. Which is kind of duh. Now yeah. that you think back around it, you're like, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as, like, the rolling aspect, I can do pretty much everything. I just don't invert as much as I used to do. Um, and obviously, no neon belly. But yeah, or even like eventually just any kind of top pressure, any kind of jujitsu is going to be like, what, what's, what's the cutoff? I mean, at some point in like third trimester, it's going to be sort of like, hmm. I don't know. I have no idea. I think, um, so I was able to roll with my first pregnancy, um, up till about eight months, but I did wow. that with my husband 
because he was a brown belt and he was you know he he knew me how I move things like that but he was the only person and so I we'll see we'll see how far I can go I'm interested because I would love to document it and see you know what are the things that you should and shouldn't be doing so at least there's recommendations for other people who want to yeah Roll yeah. pregnant. <laughs> yeah, some kind of empirical information <laughs> yeah. out there. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, right now I have such bad morning sickness that it's been awful to even just try to get on the mat. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe the evening <laughs> class. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, it's gonna be an interesting journey. Yeah, I bet. To say the least. You should keep like a journal or do like a. a some sort of like Instagram TV thing. Or yeah, something. for sure. Build a presence around the, you know, whatever. Well, now and now with more and more um, <laughs> women coming into the sport, it might be something that would be useful. Yeah. You know, yeah, so. you, you, uh, I would assume basically everybody's considered it like, Hey, I really enjoy this. And then you're like, Oh, wait a minute at some point. And you, it provokes the question if nothing yeah. else, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I will I will document it and I am happy to always give advice to other ladies. It's gonna be different since the last time I was pregnant I was a white belt and this time when I was pregnant Oh my god, yes. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Oh my god. Last time I was yes. pregnant, oh my god, cookies. <laughs> give me that cookie. <laughs> Oh, they're warm. Yeah, that's my just... Shout out to Kathy Brooks oh. for some warm cookies. Oh, these look great. Um, Hold on. Ceremonial. Okay. Shout out to pregnancy and me not being pregnant and drinking a beer. I will live vicariously through you in the moment. Oh, that's a low bar. <laughs> um, and I totally lost where I was. It's all good. Uh, this whole start... This topic kind of fits what I would assume you would have assumed was largely my interest in terms of the theme of this, because you're kind of the go-to like women's open mat slash women's specific class slash all that instructor. So far, it seems to be that way. Yeah. Um, oh, it is that way. <laughs> okay. It might not have been like a deliberate thing, but yeah, you know, whenever there's a hey, women's only open mat, with a couple of exceptions, you know, yeah. like X2 that gym. Uh, Gina's gym is, mm-hmm. is kind of f- more female centered or whatever, but like, it seems like I've seen you hosting women's self-defense slash women's jujitsu slash mm-hmm. women's open mat at like 20 or 30 different gyms <laughs> since uh, we've been like friends on Facebook and yep. stuff. So, um, I make my rounds for sure. Uh, I think it's soccer's a good sport. Say what? I said soccer's a good sport. Oh, I said soccer's not a sport. Oh. I was like... <laughs> I mean, it's at least a workout, bro. I mean, <laughs> no, jogging I was a with a target. Player, so yeah, no, it's uh, it's a tough one. Hard on the knees, but really good. Best football player I ever know. Part of it was because he played soccer for like twelve, thirteen years growing up. His yeah. footwork was amazing. Oh, you know what I mean? Like moving laterally, yep. all that. Their coordination for sure is out of this world. <laughs> Last week we did this when Kathy was out of town, or, or yeah. And we're never doing it again. Make sure she's making cookies next Sunday. Man. Right? Right, as you said, I make the rounds. 
it cut out so we didn't lose anything and we're gonna keep it casual and start over anyhow it's a disk drive speed issue no rush by the way super casual okay yeah no i mean really my biggest uh the quote i was going to use is i've heard this before um as i make my rounds to gyms to make sure that they have women's programs is you can tell a lot about a gym by the number of females that they have in their gym because I find that you know that that shows that they respect women but they also respect each other and um, that women are comfortable enough to be in a gym and stay at this gym so that shows a lot about their character the environment the culture you know so I started I went to Prodigy and their gym, I mean, obviously Tao, Jaffe, Justin, Mike Nimmels, those guys are great. They're they're great guys. It's a groovy space too. It really is. That's it's such a nice looking space mm-hmm. up there. Um but they had more of a focus on for their women's class self defense. Mm-hmm. And I ended up not doing that after a while because the expertise in self defense is just not my not my comfort level. Um, I know basic self-defense and I know the, like the Gracie handbook. You can, I could probably tell you like 10 things for self-defense, sure, sure. but it wasn't enough in my mind to be able to, to consistently teach a course to women who will rotate through, you know, where my women's class at MTT, it's women who do jujitsu and want to stick with it whereas the self-defense that I was doing at Prodigy was um, very casual in the sense that people would just off the street come in and it's in regular clothes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're not like building a curriculum week by week and building yeah. a knowledge base as much. Yeah. yeah. Yep. One, if, it's, if it feels even just a little bit outside your wheelhouse that my instinct in that situation is always to kind of uh, back away. Yeah, or, yep. And I was like, there's like Tao and Mike Nimlos are much more knowledgeable. And that's like, if anybody is to teach self-defense, those guys should be doing it. Sure. You know, sure. I think they, I think that a woman should be teaching a women's only class um, for many different reasons, but that if you have somebody that has that much knowledge, you need to utilize them for that. Right. You right. know? And I... Slight aside. Should I have Tau on first or Nimlos first? No Ooh. pressure. Ooh. Oh, I don't know. Um, I would say Nimlos just for the simple fact that I feel like I would pick his brain on other things other than jujitsu. <laughs> I feel I like, like that. being a cop and and the self defense and just things like that. But not to say that Tao is not gonna be a great guest as well, but I my vote would be Nimlos. Sure. So And I like these to be like three, four hours long in and out of jujitsu onto other topics. So I sure. follow you. I follow okay. You. Then then I would definitely say Nimlos. So you got a set group at MTT, Minnesota Top Team. Is that what you said? Yes, yes. So I teach a women's only class Monday and Wednesdays at Minnesota Top Team in Egan. And it's fantastic. I love the ladies there. Love that In gym. the morning? 6.30 p.m. Okay. P.m. <laughs> God, no, I would not be up at 6.30 in the morning. Neither would anybody <laughs> I don't else. don't have to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, no, it's a... 
their gym is great. I, I really have flourished after leaving my old gym in the sense of meeting new people, going to other gyms and not feeling that pressure of, um, loyalty. Like I had to stay at this gym and I could not go anywhere else. Um, so. I think that fundamentally in the bigger picture is a good thing. Like I should be able to, if I go on vacation, train there, you know, if I got a buddy that goes to a different gym, I should be able to pop in. They should be able to yeah. pop in here. I mean, yep. spirit of competition is one thing, but also like, let's just train and get better and yep. push each other. You know, the community is huge and, uh, the camaraderie and just being able to know people everywhere. I mean, yeah. who doesn't want to do that? It's kind of the idea of this. Yeah, exactly. Like, I sort of know the people I've talked to in this format so far. Yeah. But I didn't know any of them well. Yeah. Certainly like 100% of the conversations I've ever really, truly had with them were on these microphones. Yeah. And I've talked with a couple of people I've never met. You know what I mean? Like we're Facebook friends randomly. So I shot him a PM said, Hey, I'm doing this thing. You should come on. Yeah. I've never been to their gym. They never been to mine. I've never met them, but like, let's, let's do this. Let's connect, yep. you know, you've got that jujitsu is your, uh, is your bond that you can sure. at least start with, you know? Um, but yeah, the, the gym MTT is great. I, I really enjoy Jenny and Jeremy and what they've built there. And, um, it was, kind of cool how they had asked me to do a women's only class there because they were really adding it for their women like it was it was something that they wanted um to add for them as like an additional thing to have and so we've got this established program we've got these people in it and I think if we add this it'll be even more beneficial is the exactly um and so he Jeremy reached out to me and was like hey let's do this. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. This is fantastic. Um, but really until (laughs) I guess in a sense, I was a a nobody until I did the fight to win. And that's really what I guess put me on the stage for people to see the jujitsu I had and, and be like, Hey, okay, this girl actually does know (laughs) jujitsu. Tell me about that. What does that mean? Fight to win? Um, so fight to win is a, an events, like, a they promotion? hold, ev- yeah, promotion. Thank you. I was like, it sound like Don King or something though. Like, <laughs> it's a jujitsu promotional company. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they hold events where, um, they're basically super fights, you know, so they'll, they'll match make. So just like a, a boxing card or a Muay Thai fight or something like that, you know. Was this the Fulton one from last year, the year before? Is that a fight to win or is that a separate thing? No, Fulton did their separately. That was like his own yeah, thing. Yep. Okay. Um, sort of the same idea though, right? Yes. I mean, it's just yep. like a couple key matches, super fights, like you yep. said. Okay. No, totally. Uh, fight to win has just been the large one because they go all over the place. Yeah. Um, and so they came to Minneapolis, and the first time around, I had applied and got denied because it was a blue belt. <laughs> and they were they like, don't have a blue belt division? So for blue belts to be able to fight, they can only do nogi. And why? I don't know. Oh, I asked okay. him, and he I didn't really get an answer for that. Maybe so. like a flow of the show. It's like a numbers game. Like we can only be entertaining for so long sort sure. of thing or some, some it could possibly be that i mean 
I, I guess you could have some really, really great blue belts and you just have average blue belts. So you have to find the fights that are going to be the most uh, There's also exciting. bad blue belts, you know. Well, there are. Just I, I try. Just saying. <laughs> Don't try to exclude us. <laughs> She's like, there's great blue belts and just average blue belts. I'm over here like, hey, how about some love for the slack-ass blue belts, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was considering you an average blue belt mm. because I also have never rolled with you. I don't think we've ever think so rolled. Either, yeah. So I can't, not that I would ever tell anybody that they're bad anything, but. <laughs> Some people deserve it. Rudeness can often be met with rudeness for good purposes. True. I haven't rolled with anybody that I've sat down and talked to for this. Really? I did like a live go drill with Marcus in like month two. So that was, you know, what it yeah. was at the time. Yeah. Huh. No, I'm sorry. No, I uh, I've rolled twice with Brian. I think I even referenced it. Okay. Of the two slack ass rounds with Brian. I feel like uh, when you go with the black belt, that it's you slacking is not the right word because you don't slack because they'll they'll, I was they'll whip you around. No, I was kind of mean to him. Oh. He, he was like, "What's this guy's deal? <laughs> You're just gonna stay in turtle?" <laughs> no, I, don't, I have no idea. <laughs> Um, but yeah, fight to win. So they have super fights and the first one I got denied. And then the second one that came around is when I had just gotten my purple belt. And a lot of people actually really expected me to lose because my opponent was Lindsay. And Lindsay who? Lindsay Williams. I mean, I knew that. I just want to make sure. Um, she, she was more established than I was. She had a bigger name. She did MMA. She's you know. scary too. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like in a good way, you know, <laughs> yes, like, yes. Clearly. I mean that in a good way. Yes, like, absolutely. Um, and we're teammates now. So it's great. I mean, we, we push each other and we both like competition, but when that was going on, like I had just gotten my purple belt and it was a month before the fight to win. And even my own teammates were like, Ooh, I don't know about this one. Like, what, what did you think? Not even relative to her, just just going in as a Daisy Fresh purple belt. I I didn't know her, so I went in with my mindset of, and I was kind of a a cocky blue belt, so I was like, no, my game is good. I know my game. Like, I will, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And you were right <laughs> for the most part. I yeah. I did lose split decision, so. I was, uh, yeah, but I held my own, you know, and I came onto the stage and was super nervous, really awkward. Like I am a terrible, nobody ever wants me to walk out on stage. Like my friends record it and we're like, what were you doing with your hands? And I'm like, I just was trying to go to the beat. Like I'm just trying to do something. And they're like, you just put your hands down. Like, just just the walking in part was yes. the, oh, that's, <laughs> it was, wow. and like in yeah they I had changed my walkout song last minute so I had a walkout song in my mind and when it didn't play I was just like oh god this, this is like an omen of like bad luck or something <laughs> and so it was the first song and so I'm like I don't even know I had everything planned out and now I don't so I'm just walking out and it was awful and she came out and she was you know every like fist pump was to the music and it, it was big crowd and I'm like oh god she's got that pro wrestling vibe going yeah, yeah. she totally did definitely um and then yeah, we I just 
stayed as calm as I could and played my game exactly how I wanted to play my game. I did, I did play safe. Um, and (laughs) because the first time that she made grips on me, I was like, Oh my God, she's really strong. (laughs) She's way stronger than I thought she was going to be. And I had a friend that told me, she's like, no, no, it's just beach muscle. It's just beach muscle. And I'm like, no, this was not beach muscle. Okay. <laughs> also not to go full meathead on it, but force production's force production. Strong is strong. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, how would you guys, why would you guys do that to me? No, no, don't think she's strong. Why wouldn't you try <laughs> to set me up for success? <laughs> Like, she just oh, looks no. strong. Uh, yeah, yeah. The house just looks is. like it's on fire. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes, <exactly. you> know. <laughs> um, but it was good. It was really good. I enjoyed it. And then after You're that, pretty seasoned competitor at that point. Yeah, I did blue belt. I competed a lot. I man, it was probably every other month or every two months for sure. Um, I also had a kid and a life so like I couldn't compete as much as I wanted to but I tried to make it work and so yeah I competed a lot at blue belt and tell, tell me about a match like tell me about a fun win or a funny loss or something my most accomplished is actually that I took two medals at pants in 2018 I took silver in my division and then I took bronze in the open class which was the first time I'd ever done open class Sweet. yeah yeah so that was that was a very memorable tournament the camp and everything going into it was pretty intense and probably one of the first times that I like really broke down in jujitsu where I was like I am I'm overtraining, I'm cutting weight, I'm, you know, like nothing's working and just cried like so many times going home after training, just being like, I hate jujitsu, I'm never coming back. And then I go back. But, but yeah, that was, it was, uh, tell me about like the winning match. <sighs> Give me some highlights here. Let's do my this. Gosh, it was, Dig deep. so I, I can tell you it was a super emotional so I had three, I believe it was three fights till the finals, to the finals. And I met a girl that I had competed against before. She was a little bit taller than me. She had really good triangles. So I knew that I didn't want to be in her guard. Like I just knew that straight out. And at the time I was a guard puller. So I just pulled guard and we went back and forth really. Like it was just such a fast match. And towards the end of the match, there was eight seconds left. Like, I remember we were both standing and I made the stupidest mistake. I was actually sitting down and there is a picture of this. I have her collar. Her foot is right in front of me. And since I was sitting, if I would have grabbed her foot and just stood up with it, I would have gotten two points for the sweep. But all I could hear was my coach saying, stand up. So I remember I just stood up and I didn't grab the foot. So at that point, we were tied. We were, um, take that back. She had one advantage point. We were tied, but she had one advantage point. I was like, what am I going to do? I look at the clock, eight seconds left. I'm like, 
what can I do to get points? And so I was like, takedown. So I just blast double. Like I just go in, grab both legs and just like squeeze and like tree, like grab on as hard as I possibly can. And then just stayed put. And with eight seconds left, you know, he stops the match. And we both, like you also, I see dramatic pictures of me like turning to the ref. She's turning to the ref to see what he does. If he's going to give me two points or if he's going to give me an advantage. Is this your profile picture on Instagram or something? It's my cover photo. Cover photo. It's I was going to say, there's a, I know, I think I know this scene actually. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're both looking and he gives me an advantage. And I just was like, oh. All right, fine. I thought I had established it long enough, like once I got the takedown for the for the two points, but it's ref's decision. And so we were tied. We were exactly tied. So now it went to ref's decision, and he chose her as as the uh, aggressor. And and I mean, I you can see when you rewatch the video, like I, I keep my composure, and and then as soon as I step off the mats, even like coming off the camera, my husband was like, I could see like the tears like welling up, and just immediately stepped off the mat and just just cried because I was like all my hard work, and I was so close, so close to that gold medal, and yeah, so then I went and cried in Lemmy's arms and. He somehow, like, I don't know if you guys know who Lemmy is, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, not the person that you would typically go to to console you. <laughs> but but it he looks did a, like a teddy bear. What do you he mean? he was fantastic. He did such a great job, and because he was he was very it was awkward for him. Like, why is this girl crying on me? He just right. <laughs> but um, then that was it, and I said, you know, I lost that one, but. That was the silver. I'm sorry. That was the yeah, silver. Yeah, I got silver finals okay. match yeah. of my division. And so then I was like, you know what? Whatever. I got nothing else to lose. What's what's the worst that could happen? So I gave open class a shot. Yeah. And my coach was like, well, had you, have you ever done it? And I was like, no, I've never done open class. So I guess we'll see how this goes. And at that time, I was 110 pounds. So I was going to be on the the very low end of that of that bracket so um, I did that and somehow managed to to win two matches through to the semifinals and then I lost in the semifinals to a very I mean she was strong she was technical it was it was in my I was like, oh, yeah, I think we're done. I think we're tired about now after about six or seven matches and then a whole day. And so, yeah, she... uh, And a few matches against people that probably outsized you, I would assume, at that point. Yeah, my first opponent. um, I thank my teammates at the time for this one because they put it out into the universe. But uh, Ken Glenn told me that he wanted me to get the largest opponent and the first person that I got was 100 pounds heavier than me. Yeah. <laughs> and you won? And I won. Nice. Yeah. But you can see me in some of the videos when I go to sweep her and I'm like, <sighs> and I'm like just giving it everything I've got. And like, yeah. And at one point, he takes a picture of her 
smashing me because she was just and you don't even see me like i am completely yeah. underneath her it's yeah. <laughs> funny um but yeah i won that one on points and uh she was super sweet really nice and she actually said sorry after the match she's like i know this i was i'm really big and i'm yeah. like no that's <laughs> fine You're, you did you did great i won so yeah. whatever <laughs> yeah. yeah um but yeah pans pans was the best best tournament i ever had for sure 2018 2018 yeah. i feel like i peaked and then now i'm like mom life <laughs> here we are no more competing well, that's uh. one way to look at it <laughs> the world's kind of half been on pause for about half the time since then so that's true you can blame that i i will yeah because i'm definitely not in competition uh mode and probably won't be for a while yeah. so but i do plan i had i'm a goal-oriented type of person so i have to have competitions to kind of like keep pushing me um so i was like all right after baby if i have the baby in august um that means i can do nogi worlds all right i think that's, that's like what i'll do springtime that's like give you a few months kind of thing or so it's actually it? if if the schedule goes back to what it was yeah, before hypothetically, everything. yeah then it would be in december december of the end so the end of the year so i'm like mm, i mean that's pushing it but we'll see where we'll would see that be Typically, uh, Worlds, I thought, was in California. I don't know if it's at the Pyramid, but I know it's yeah. in California. If everything goes yeah. back. I like mean, As of see. the current status, I have to be moved to Florida or something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the only thing happening. I think that's where they had the last one when, they, when all of this. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens in that world. Competition world. It's hard coming back from a baby. So, not that any man would ever yes. understand. I'm gonna, no, every man in the room was just like, yo, yeah, 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 sure, sure is. I have no idea. So, yes, yes, yes. On top of, um, you know, you guys hear about the, uh, the baby blues and things like that and postpartum depression. Um, but when I, my first pregnancy was I came back after and I was like 185 pounds and so I dropped from 185 pounds to the lowest I'd ever been which was 109 in a matter of like seven eight months so it took a while for for that to happen doesn't seem like a while to me no no I, I mean, like on, on, on the, the scale of weight loss particularly coming from that yeah you know specific situation but I have no frame of reference as to what's sort of considered typical in that regard. Sure, sure. Seems awesome. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, it was uh, really the competitions, which, you know, that's... that's what kind of drives you to go. Exactly. Because yeah. I um, did, coming back from a baby, the first competition I did was I was at like 160. And my first opponent was Aquila. The very first time I fought Aquila was my opponent we fought at white belt <laughs> just sticking with the the fighting all the scary 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 gals theme <laughs> um and it was it was so funny i tell her i've told her this uh story but i went in it was my very first competition locally and it was the grappling grab uh, um grappling industry st croix grappling games oh yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. and 
we, my husband and I were walking in and Akila was walking like slightly behind us and I completely joked and I like looked over and I was like, you know, what if that's my opponent? Because Akila's jacked, you know, like she's yeah. well, like very I was assuming fit. you were going to say that you could feel that your opponent was behind you without <laughs> even looking because <laughs> that seems to make sense too. Um, and I had no idea who was in my bracket and sure as shit, like first match comes up and I'm like standing there and on the other side of me is is Akila and my mom's like you're gonna lose <laughs> she just gave me thumbs up <laughs> thanks mom like my whole family came to watch me and yeah I mean she was my first match and I definitely lost <laughs> yeah she are bike I think it was the first two and a half minutes or something mom's always right I yeah, guess yeah. I guess and she was like well, here it is. So, Keel and I have some backstory. We've we've actually competed a few times, because um, at that time she was with Spartan, so she was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a couple times in in the division, and then that's when I made the decision. Like, oh, I'm gonna lose weight because <laughs> I do not belong <laughs> in this division. <laughs> so you're motivated by competition and then you're motivated by the competition yes. a little bit too. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Smart, frankly. Yeah. So I continued to drop down. And then the second time I fought her was in an open class when I was like ready for the fact that she was yeah. bigger and stronger yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and wonderful. But yeah. I saw her um, hit somebody with a pretty wicked double leg takedown the other day. <sighs> I can only a, imagine. In a boxing sparring match. <laughs> Just go ahead and let that <laughs> let that sizzle for a second. <laughs> After half a round of her going, what are you trying to use me as a punching bag? You know, just kind of talking smack amongst yeah. training partners and stuff because he's getting a little chippy maybe. I don't know. I don't yeah. know the culture. I don't know boxing all that well. Sure. And sure enough. My dude was mounted and couldn't get out. (laughs) People on the edge of the mat going, just shrimp out, buddy. Just shrimp out. He didn't know what to do. I think he's just, you know, mostly a striker, you know. But it was like, well, that suits the image pretty well, honestly. Yeah, she, oh, she's fierce. I I very much enjoy training with Akila. She's one of my favorites. She's fantastic. She's, um, it's really interesting because the, the women, have all kinds of different aspects you know like I have I like competing I've purely done jujitsu and I'm also a mom right so like balancing between all of these things but you've got Akila who is now a firefighter and fighting was kind of you know her upbringing I believe boxing was her first first uh Martial art or art, sport, style, so, yeah, endeavor. So it's like different. Each woman brings something different to how how we do jujitsu, how we work, and you know, and Lindsay with her diverse background in the military and all that kind of stuff. So it's been really, it's been really cool at M Theory to have all these different women and these different styles and these different lifestyles perspectives too. on yeah. things and whatever yeah, yeah. so because being being a mom I've had to try to figure out a balance you know between being a wife and being a mom and having a social life and doing jujitsu but I consider myself a competitor but now 
having to like reconsider that maybe that's just not in my cards anymore you know now if i'm gonna have two kids there's it's gonna be way busier keep it a strong maybe though you don't know. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Always. I'm a very don't, don't competitive, yeah. <laughs> very competitive person. Well, that's one of the things I said to Brian, because um, the first three of these were with black belts, but none of them had kids. Yeah. You know? Yep. So it's like you're you're coming from this very specific perspective. The kid thing is, is, is a major game changer just in terms of hours yeah. available and all that. Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of deliberately brought it up with him, and that's part of why we're sitting here right now. Yeah. I... um was a little sad that was literally the part that I got to when I drove up here and I had no idea that he had a five-year-old who had just lost his mom yeah, and like either. oh my god I'm like I can't I can't listen to this yeah. right now <laughs> I'm gonna cry <laughs> I, yeah. I want to listen to this yes not at this moment it's not yes. good for me yeah. um but so when I came back and um newborn baby I was at the cellar, my previous gym, and Liam had literally grown up on the mats. Like, I mean, he was, uh, he had a baby carrier and would just sit on the edge of the mats when I would take class. And that's kind of how moms have to do it is, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've got to bring our kids to go. Or if dad didn't want to train at the time, then we do the swap and that's just how it had to be. And it's not always easy because know schedules don't always line up and things happen and kids sick you got to stay home and like things like that so it was really difficult but first I don't know how actually I do know how my husband was great um that's how and he what's your husband's name I don't know Aiden okay yeah Yeah. I did know that yeah (laughs) maybe but you've heard it I'm sure um because he actually started jiu-jitsu long Long before I did. Hey, you said he was a brown belt. Yeah. Does he still train? So No, he doesn't. He kind of he kind of fell out of it after we left our old gym. Sure. And just kind of lost lost the love of it. Yeah, and yeah, sure. I'm sure he'll come back at some point. Maybe he won't. Who knows? But he started in 2008 is when he started jujitsu. And then when we got together, um, I started in about 2010. And then baby's life happens and things but he he knew that I was really competitive so he took a lot of the back seems like the kind of thing that would actually be fairly obvious in a close relationship (laughs) (laughs) um so chosen over the years so he he knew it was kind of what I needed to fill my gap especially after a baby and like the motivation and so he took a back seat to jiu-jitsu to kind of watch the baby and and make it so that I had time I mean I was for when I did worlds as a white belt I was training gosh five six hours a day you know like most days yeah every day oh, wow. um, probably except for Sunday sure um but even then Sunday was always like a an open mat type of you know just go full roll type thing but yeah almost six hours every single day they had training camp for worlds which is actually probably that was the first time I ever met Marcus was he came to the training camp there because we had two um smaller ish black belts and Mm -hmm. so it was pretty perfect training for him just finding a good matchup yeah yeah and um so 
So two hours in the morning, <clears throat> two hours in the evening, and then any time I could get in between. And then that's when I actually figured out that strength and conditioning is really a good thing for jiu-jitsu and started doing that. So, um, so shout out to hubby for helping making dreams come true. Exactly. Like for sure without, without him taking the back seat and letting me do my thing, there was no way that I would be able to manage it all. And I commend any parent that can do it for sure. I mean, just I'm whatever, sure. whatever version, right? Yeah, like maybe exactly. a single parent or fully cooperative. <coughs> it's still challenging. I would assume. Oh Yeah. Um, we tried to get Liam to, to be in it as much as possible, but he just is not, he doesn't have the heart for it, which is totally fine. I told him that if, meaning if like he, he just does it's not really his love. He doesn't really love yeah. it. Yeah. And he, uh, I just make sure you didn't mean like Rocky, like he got no heart kid, <laughs> you know, I was like, I was like, damn, poor Liam He's got no heart. Um, he had actually taken a liking to Muay Thai more than jujitsu, and it kind of broke my heart a little bit. And then I was like, mm, "Are you sure you want to do this? You want to do soccer or something?" <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> gonna I hit you. Take it anymore. Yeah, they're gonna hit you, buddy. <laughs> um, he does. We do things with him at home because we have mats at home. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. um, if he doesn't want to do the class, that's fine. I told him that as long as he's doing exercise, I don't care what you do. Like, do whatever you want. So he plays yeah. soccer. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so. We'll take that. Oh, yeah. Um, my what? boss would be really upset if uh, I didn't give a shout out to where I work. Where do you work? Zebra. What's Zebra? <laughs> Tell me about Zebra. Zebra is a mat company. We actually, not a mat company, but we outfit gyms. So we have it all. We can. Like if I, if I had, a, let's say hypothetically, I have a gym with like white mats, white walls, all this kind of stuff. And I was looking for like a pad on a wall. Yeah. To like break up the continuity of it. Is that the kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, oh. we do. <laughs> M theory. Yeah. Right. Isn't that? Yeah. Isn't it a zebra mat up on the wall at M theory? Okay. Uh, yes. My wall pads. From wall pads. There we go. <laughs> wall pads. Um, there's actually quite a bit of funny story behind those wall pads. And I give my boss such crap about it because those wall pads are actually my design from the gym that we had in our warehouse. So I started working at Zebra February of 2019 and they didn't actually have a gym in their warehouse. So we had like an office and then we had our warehouse space with our small pack items and there was no gym. And I was like, well, where am I supposed to go? I, I thought I'd be able to roll during lunch and stuff. Like do, do any of you guys train? And only one other person at the office actually trains jujitsu. Sure. And I was like, all right, that's fine. That's all I need. I just need, <laughs> I, I need Nikki. Need Let's one go. Body. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they were like, well, we don't really have a, a place to do this. And I'm like, well, why not? Like, let's, you need a gym. Do you not, we are, we outfit gyms. How do we not have a gym? <laughs> Where can I try the product? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And, then it turned into, okay, this could be useful. Yeah, you're right. We could have like a showroom where we can mm -hmm. we can have the mats and people come in and, mm -hmm. and can see the product. And I'm like, yeah, there we go. That's it. That's exactly why I want That's a gym. Exactly <laughs> my motivation. I'm business savvy. Yeah. Um, so we, so I designed that gym. We had 
gray mats, red center with some logos and then the white wall pads just to brighten it up because that's where we do our promotional pictures. Like I was like, where do you guys take those? Yet another reason you (laughs) thought of the ideas. This is where we can. yeah. And uh, we had just launched a shortly after I started, I took over the ninja product line. So I do the uh, ninja obstacle courses and product design on that and things like that. So it's fun. It's great. I love the sentence. I took over the ninja product line. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> awesome. Um, and so that was where I was like, oh, I can take pictures. I can have people come in. We can do videos and things like that. So I, I designed that gym. And so the the zebra, the big zebra and all of that, you know, the logos that we had. Um, so then when COVID hit and we all started working remotely, the, the warehouse gym wasn't getting used. And then we had to, um, go remote completely. Like we were going to get rid of our warehouse and, um, our office space and everybody was going remote. So we're getting rid of the gym. And I thought that my boss, you know, we had talked about it before. He's like, what are we going to do with this gym? And I was like, well, we could do it as a sponsorship. We could give it to another, you know, an athlete or something like that. And I was coming up with different ideas. And one day, Caitlin was over. And my boss is really good friends with Caitlin. And um, how would I know Caitlin? Caitlin Young. How would I know her? How would you know if her? If I was listening to this and I didn't know who you were talking about, how would I know her? Oh, her credentials. Um. <laughs> She own a gym or something? She does. Striking oh, what's the name Institute? of that gym? Say it again. I'm sorry. Striking Institute. Okay, cool. Keep going. <laughs> Shout out to Caitlin. Yes, she's fantastic. Um, and he was like, she goes, what are you doing with those white wall pads? And so my boss is like, oh, yeah, you can have them, you know. And then I was so upset because I was like, wait a second. I was like, one, that's my gym. That's my gym. Don't give those wall pads away. <laughs> Two, I was going to give them to Ishmael <laughs> because uh, Ryan had asked me about wall pads not that long before then. And so I was like, that would be perfect. I just didn't know if he would like logos. So I was going to ask him. But then they were gone. They were given to Kaylin. But then it turns out that Kaylin was giving them to Ishmael anyway. Oh. So like it all it all ended up being in the place that we all wanted it yeah, to be. Yeah, that's very nice. Um, but just the story behind it. So every time I go in there. I just, I think, and I look at those wall pads, I'm like, my boss gave those wall pads away. And so, like, I'll, sometimes I'll send him a picture, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, mm, do you remember these wall pads that you gave away? I went to visit our wall pads <laughs> today. <laughs> um, but, yes, Zebra does a lot. I mean, we just got new designs for bags. Uh, if you go into Caitlin's gym, Striking Institute, she's fully equipped with Zebra stuff. It's fantastic. She's got pretty much... All of the new designs that we do, and she got the trolley rack, and the wall pads, the mats. She got the boxing ring. The boxing ring we had just got. Like the ring, ring, not just like the pads and whatever. Yeah, okay. the ring. Yeah. Yep. So I'm we not get actually all that familiar with with any kind of those equipment companies, but sure. certainly Zebra. I I knew it for mats, like jujitsu mats. That's it. Yeah, and that's what initially it started as, right. and then um, we delved into outfitting the whole gym because you know why not that's what businesses do and so our steel products come from china and so caitlin got the um 
the newer of what kind of like the changeover from old products like single bag racks and things to multi-station bag racks and you know where gyms need more bags and more space and stuff like that so but yeah he would he would be upset if I didn't talk about zebra at all. Yeah, so, good. so here you go, Kyle Fisher. And you're like all about that fight life. Even your job is, yeah. yeah, it's pretty sweet. It was kind of a I fell into the position, so to speak. Um, we had just recently left our old gym, and I was doing some front desk work there and working for those guys, and needed a job and. We, my husband and I, were actually going to open a gym, and then that fell through, and so then I saw Zebra was hiring, and I was like, well, whatever, let's do it. And Still here. close to the game, right? Yeah. Yep. Fell through. You, like, you guys decided to move on, or it was close, and it just didn't work out? Yeah, we got pretty close. Um, so when we left, we obviously had, we had been at the cellar for eight years um well him longer but about eight years so we had lots of friends and students because we both taught the kids classes there and he was the beginner instructor at the cellar so when we left um we had I guess you could say call them investors that wanted to help us open up a gym sure and then um you know, trying to trying to work through those details and figure things out was kind of a it was an interesting process. Um, learned a lot and how how to start a business, um, but then it just fell through. It was kind of one of those things where it was like, mm, should we go this route? I don't know if we should, and didn't necessarily want to take the risks. I guess would be the best way right. to put it. Yeah. So well, like, like I've uh, a buddy of mine, Josh, just opened his gym, Defiant Fitness, and he and I, I remember him telling me about the idea like 10, 11 years ago. Yeah. And like we sat down and had a beer, man, five years ago where he was like, these are the spaces I'm shopping, you know, and yep. it opened like a few months ago. Like it's a process. It, it really is. You know what I mean? So yeah, from idea to inception, there's a lot of things that can go on, good, bad, whatever, that's kind of why... I ask. Yeah, no, I mean, we were at the point where we were looking at spaces. So we had gotten, you know, we had the startup money and we had basically six months to be able to run through, run through a business, you know, before it could get, get to the point where it needs to be self-sufficient. And, um, we had met with attorneys for contracts and who was going to have X amount of control and things like that. And looking at spaces, we were about to order mats, and then it was just one of those things where the risks weren't worth, it, maybe worth taking. And Didn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. And in so, hindsight, yeah. it was, it's a wonderful thing. It's, it was... It was good that it didn't happen because then COVID hit and like, I don't, I don't even know what would happen to a business after that. Like yeah, I, I have several other friends, all who start basically their first day of opening was going to be in 2020 and was, and you know, I haven't had the conversations with a lot of them, you know, these are meathead gyms, yeah. powerlifting gyms and it's like, what? 
what? Yeah. <laughs> How's it going, man? Is that still on your list in the future? <sighs> I always say to myself, yeah, like that I, I do want to open up a gym, but I also know um, how much work goes into it. And I've seen other gyms and the things that can go wrong. And I just don't know. Like, I yeah. like the idea of being able to go into a gym, teach, and then leave. And yeah. not have to worry about the drama. Totally. And, like, yeah. the business sense. It's fantastic. <laughs> I've worked as a personal trainer for 15 years for someone else in yep. their business. Yeah, I get it. Trust me. And um, And if Liam doesn't have any interest in it, where is it going to? You know, we, um, I would want to do it so that he could have a future or do something with it. And, and if Aiden Plus he's going to be there a lot. Yeah. You know, he would like the whole crew is going to be there. So, you know, if hubby and wife and kid aren't sort of all on board and interested, then there's a detracting element right off the bat. Right. Absolutely. Yep. So I think I'll stick with maybe, maybe, maybe long in the future who knows um but i do know that i for sure wouldn't do anything until i'm a black belt i i think that that was one of the best things that uh one of the reasons why we didn't do it you know he was a brown belt at the time and i was a purple belt and it just you should you really should be a black belt and have those credentials to to opening up not to say that people who who do open as purple or brown or not successful or anything like that. Like um, Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy. He was, was a blue he belt, was, he said, when yeah, he opened yep. up. And clearly it can work. Right? It, it definitely yeah. does, but you have to have, you uh-huh. got to be grinding, yeah, you, you know? You got to be Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to have that personality to be able to, to pull that off. And uh, so, yeah, that was uh, maybe, maybe in the future. I, you think that's kind of thing that's more and more true now, the black belt thing? Like 12 to 15 years ago, if I opened a gym as a purple belt versus now, given the number of people who are blue belts now and the number of people who are purple belts now and the number of black belts that are out there, like I think more and more you really ought to be a black belt to open and start an academy. Like back in the day, we could get away with that because really there was two black belts around, you know? Yeah, no, I would find that to be pretty accurate in in the fact that we would need to have I mean most people well think about it in the fact that people want to progress and the only way to really progress is to have somebody who's of a higher belt that can be able to get you there well what happens if that purple belt doesn't have somebody to give them their brown belt you know if you don't have an affiliation with a black belt you don't progress right I actually um there's a a friend of mine who uh, love her to death and she comes to my women's classes she's still a blue belt and we competed together as a white belt but she's at a small gym and the instructor there is a purple belt and I think he does go and get tested in places but without them having an affiliation and a black belt to be able to promote them it's just takes it takes longer you know and they're a pretty right. small small group but um, it's an accessibility thing. Yeah. Do we have access to the people actually running the show in this yeah. whole community? And I don't know very many people that go into jujitsu and are like, I don't really care about rank. I just want to do the jujitsu because eventually at some point that turns like you want to be 
ranked and you want to keep going, right? And so you got to have somebody to be able to, to give you those credentials and, and to rank you. So there are some people that really just do enjoy it and don't care about rank and things like that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Who doesn't want to get better at stuff? I know. And, like be able to apply a metric to it, you know. But uh, even the knowledge of a black belt, like it was significantly so... Slightly off topic. Yeah. Slightly. Okay. Eat the rest of that cookie. <laughs> For God's sake. Have you been, have you been eyeing it? Just like, do it. Get I was it. waiting. I was waiting. You know you want it and I want <laughs> it. So eat that damn cookie. No, it's all good. One, it's like I, I mean, I want all the it. cookies, but don't go get me anymore. Now chew loud into the microphone. <laughs> That's what everybody wants to hear. It's yeah. just me chewing on cookies. We can it's edit, fantastic. We can edit this out, but we're not going to. Mm. You had a shoulder injury? I did. Um, so it was actually in 2015. I went to go do like an inside leg trip takedown. And so I was wrapped around the body and tripped the leg, but I made the mistake of letting go and posting my arm out. And so I had her weight with me as we were going down. And so like my shoulder just popped straight back out. And at that time, I probably should have done something about it. But I was really raging with the competitions. And I'm like, no, I'm on a streak. I can't get surgery done. Keep training, keep training. I went through probably three different like training camps and then five more years before it got to the point where like I couldn't put my hair up in the morning. You, I mean, you're like actively dealing with pain during oh, those five years? Yeah. Yep. And it would always pop out. Like when I was like doing a double leg or anything, even if I was just like rotating out, it would just I'm like pop back in. And yeah, it was pretty bad. Mm. Until, you know, my husband's like, you need to go get that fixed. Like, you're not going to be able to do anything at all. So I went and saw a doctor and he's like, yeah, you tore your bicep, your labrum, your rotator cuff. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, how did I do all of these things? And he's like, well, it's probably accumulation of, you know, five years of not doing anything to actually fix it. And I was like could put that a little bit nicer <laughs> i mean i kind of knew the answer but you yeah. could have sold it to me a little bit and uh and i go okay well what's the recovery like and he's like you know six to eight months is what i would say and I was he like, gives you a prognosis you got six to eight months yeah. live it up <laughs> um and so then i went and got the surgery done because i absolutely had to he went in and he was like Ideally, he's like, oh, we'll put in three anchors here, here, and here, and like, you know, do all of that, and we'll, you have no labrum whatsoever, so. You're like, I didn't know what that was anyway, yeah. so I should be okay. So he's like, that's fine. <laughs> um, but then he got in there, and apparently he was telling my husband after the surgery, was saying that it was much worse than he anticipated. So he ended up putting five anchors in my shoulder, <laughs> so I have five solid anchors in here so far they've been good knock on wood um and literally told him like i have no idea how she was even using that shoulder just none whatsoever she's like oh okay pa high pain tolerance i guess i don't know she's my wife she's stubborn <laughs> and then can she hear us now because i'll answer the question yeah. where, where is she <laughs> 
I was heavily sedated. Mm. I was, yeah. Um, and then I was very stupid. I would never suggest this to anybody else. So anybody who has an injury, I tell them, like, don't do what I did. I started drilling at, like, six weeks. I still had my sling on. And I was still doing, like, mount drills. And I know. I know. Polly's looking at me like, what? Um, it was very stupid. And you know what's funny? This is falling on, like, dead ears, deaf ears. De- falling on deaf ears. Everybody's like, yeah, I would totally be smarter than that. And then they're going to hurt their shoulder next week. And they're, they're not going to be smarter exactly. than that. Exactly. Um, I don't know what it is about jujitsu where you're just like, I'm just going to keep rolling. I got to keep rolling. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fall behind or I'm going to not be in shape or whatever it is. And so that was my mindset. And I had just switched over to M theory actually and came back. I started rolling three months after surgery. (laughs) So I would never suggest that to anybody. Please don't do that. Listen to your doctor. So when you get one injury, stop and deal with it. Mm-hmm. Don't keep pushing till you get three or four others over the course of five yes. years. And when you do get it fixed, let it heal, rehab it, come back when it's appropriate. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like the mom advice summary. The closest thing I could come up do with. Do as I say, not as I do. There you go. Yep. By far the worst surgery. Other, or like one. You've had other surgeries? Uh, I mean, other than... No, just the C-section. Just that one? And this just one? Just that one. Yeah. And this one. Um, no other surgeries other than that. But the pain from that, I don't know about you guys. Shoulders are bad news. that man. was awful. It was I like, I, I don't know if it's like top three for anybody who actually has had more surgeries than, than what I've had. Um, I have heard that that shoulder is excruciating any any kind of injury that i've had even just like tendonitis of one of the rotator cuffs you know and i had separated ac joints and it the whole thing just feels debilitating like breathing hurts and that thing is just throbbing you know and i haven't had anything bad really but that was a time and i definitely shouldn't have come back and rolled as quickly as i did but i was like no i'm good i'm young it's fine it's fine (laughs) The world is filled with old people who are riddled with the evidence of their youngness, right? I know. Like, I look at um, Sebastian and Javen, and I'm like, you guys, just take care of your bodies. Please just take care of them. (laughs) They're, like, still rolling with, like, largely swollen ankles. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. that thing needs to be checked out, and you need to be off of that. No, it's fine. Nah, bro. Nah, bro. I'm going to tape it. Mm-hmm. Tape pics of Javen? everything. Javen. Yeah, so uh, Sebastian, Javen. you probably have I seen him in um, some of Sebastian's videos, his little, little oh, drill partner. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've known Javen since he was a young buck. When he, So in a sense of Sebastian, he started when they were like teeny boppers, young, young. So both they're of those guys. They're still teeny boppers. I know they are. Okay. They're like <laughs> How old are you? Me? Yeah. Oh. 33? 33? Had to be at least 30 because you had to think <laughs> about it. Like, you're long beyond the years of giving a shit. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure. No, I'm pretty sure I'm actually going to be 33. I was born in 88. Yep, 33. There we go. <laughs> Just letting this be its own moment here. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm not even drinking, and I'm like <laughs> having these like pause moments. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna blame it on the pregnancy, okay? <laughs> it's baby brain. So when I, I, I when I told you, hey, I want you to come on and do this, you said you don't know if you'd be good because you're not a movie buff. Yeah. Because we lean into movies. It's like a guy thing, and it's been guys so far. So what's your favorite movie? <laughs> <laughs> I was no not pressure. at all prepared prepared right. for that, and I should have been. Um, to oh man, favorite movie? There really isn't a right or wrong answer to it. Just getting no. a gauge for who I'm grilling here, you know. I really enjoy Inception. Is that like the sequel when they put a question mark behind the title? <laughs> Inception. <laughs> um. I, mean, so, I saw Inception. Did I see Inception? I think I saw Inception. I don't know. My husband is a is 12 years older than me. And so our movies are like generational gap. Yeah, there movies. is. Yeah, yeah. And like I hadn't seen Goonies till about a year and a half ago. <laughs> yeah, Paulie's like, like, say what? what? And then I can't even remember. But he told me he's like, yeah, just tell him that you just watched this movie like last week. Princess, was, Princess Bride. Oh boy, Princess yeah. Bride. Both, both of these are. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> it's inconceivable. Yeah, both of these are exactly landing the way he figured they would land. Yeah. Yep, and um. And I kind of feel you because I'm roughly your age. We'll just leave it at that. And then my girlfriend is about ten years older than me. Okay. So like her experience of watching Goonies. Yeah. Like as like roughly a teenager or whatever like live and it was new and it was part of their ethos and yep. then like i saw it as like a kid slash teenager because it was some old movie from the 80s yep. you know in my so it's a it's a difference in perspective oh it really is and it's funny because like he'll watch he'll have me like try to watch these movies and i'll be like sleeping like i'll end up falling asleep or like i'm like mm, this is not what i want to watch right now <laughs> D- did you literally actually just watch princess bride I literally recently yes what did you think of princess bride um at first it took me a while to get into it because i was like what is this am it, i watching a love movie yeah. like it's a weird thing yeah yeah and i can't remember the reason it came up was because i thought marcus said that princess bride is like his favorite movie or one of his favorite movies and so i was like marcus says that this movie is really good and he, he's like you've never seen it <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, disappointed husband face oh yeah all the time with me (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no i i did enjoy it by the end of it i was like really into it and i was like okay this is great (laughs) it's one of the the best roles uh played by the guy who played the teacher in clueless that was a test commentary you never saw clueless either i'm pretty sure i have I'm we, pretty sure. We were, I would have been a little young for it, and you were probably even a little more young. Yeah. A couple of years on you. But, but you said you like true crime. I do. <laughs> so tell me what you like. Um, I feel like it's pretty cliche for anybody who likes true crime podcasts, but I just really find it fascinating and, or like true crime in general. But I just got done watching Jean Bonnet, the 20 minute clip on. Mm-hmm. Netflix, and then mm-hmm. I got really into those the podcasts yeah, for that. Everything's a deep dive. Yeah. The water's deep, right? I know. Um, do you do any of the YouTubers that do it? No. Um, so I listen to Crime Junkies. Yeah. 
is the big one that I listen to. Okay. Mm-hmm. If I'm not listening to like a Dateline yeah. episode or something like that. I but. love that you laugh, but like I've, <laughs> I have consumed more of this content than most people because my girlfriend also is all about it. Yes. So like she'll be over there chilling and I'm chilling doing our thing, but we're both hearing the thing she's yeah. watching, yeah. you know, and it is like, yeah, old episodes of Dateline and this kind of thing. There, but there are YouTubers that really nail it with this. Really? Like there's, I don't think um, I've gone in that deep. The one gal that she's been into big time recently is Bailey Sarian. Okay. And it's basically she sets up to do her makeup and does these really extravagant, excellent makeup jobs yeah. with the camera here. And she walks you through the facts in an entertaining fashion of some crime or some... It's a cool little thing, actually. I'm not a makeup guy. Yeah. Obviously. Look at yeah. me. Right. Not that I couldn't stand to benefit from a nice base or something, but, and then, um, what's the other gal who doesn't do the makeup gimmicky thing, but it's literally just podcasters, quote unquote, on YouTube who do an enormous amount of research in some cases and talk you all the way through all these obscure cases that you maybe heard a headline about 10 years ago or whatever. That's fantastic. I might have Bailey Sarian. Okay. She starts each episode with that sunasa, sunasa. It's just from like the that Paris Hilton show. <laughs> like it's all, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> What's the other one? Shoot. Oh, no. Because I like the other one better, this other gal that she'll watch on occasion. Anyway. True crime. Uh, Bailey Senes, Sena. Sanasa, Sanasa. Sarian, Bailey Sarian. No, Somebody no, will hear no, this no, and no. then send it to you or whatever. Yes, please do, because I would, I would like to. Uh, I like new stuff. I'll typically just um, have it playing while I am doing work, and so <laughs> sometimes my son will come up to me and be like, uh, "Mom, what are you listening to?" And here's all this true crime podcast which might not be acceptable for an (laughs) eight-year-old but (laughs) they're telling stories yeah (laughs) uh you know and i i even came thinking about things that i wanted to talk about like Mm -hmm. i was like no i have this specific thing and this specific thing i should really touch on this too (laughs) and then they just completely go out of my mind going doing this yeah yeah i wonder does that happen frequently do people just feel like it's jujitsu you know the moves, but man, that whole role, I couldn't think of anything to do, right? Mm. Skill development, any of it. Especially yep. conversations with people you kind of sort of know from the gym. Yeah. There was, I actually was just having a conversation with my husband on the way. We went to go to Cassetta's for lunch today. You're not wrong. Which is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Cassetta's is fantastic. Um, I might have eaten way too much. <laughs> what'd you eat? Hey, what'd you eat? Let's not get like too ahead formal the here. What'd you eat? chicken parmigiana and then the cannolis and <laughs> I say cannolis as if i had more than one cannoli <laughs> um and then nice back pedal yeah, yeah. <laughs> liam had the pizza and we had a uh, salad so at least i had something healthy like i had some greens but tomatoes most... are a fruit so tomato sauce is like i don't know so it's healthy yeah yeah, Cassettes was fantastic. Um, and we were pleasantly surprised that it wasn't super busy. So we were having the conversation because I was like, 
you know, what do I say on this podcast? How do I not be boring? And, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he turns away and he goes, I've been kind of wondering the same thing about you. Oh, <laughs> uh, he really is a saint for dealing with all my, <clears throat> all my shit. Um, but one of the things that I was telling him was I was like, I really want to touch on, you know, how how a male should roll with a female. Love you know? it. Let's do this. Because that is something that I think, I think guys would like to know that. Um, and sometimes it's, it's different for every female too, because if you, you know, take a newer, a newer blue belt versus a seasoned brown belt. So right? me, me and Aquila. Right. Um, Akila is her style. Actually, if um, if you talk to her, she likes to play and she likes to flow. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> um, she likes to play and she likes to flow, and that's that was something that her and I have talked about. Was she likes to be able to go outside of her comfort zone and technically she likes to like okay this is this is not where i would normally go here but let's do it yeah and um like i don't think i've ever seen akila play spider guard you know that's something where i would think that you know maybe that's something she wants to delve into um but same for for me when we're rolling with guys it's it depends on the female and how they want to roll but it always I feel like it sucks for guys because it's like you you don't want to go to uh, up to every single person and be like so how you feeling today how you want to roll today you know you just want to go in and train and but it takes them kind of feeling how the other person is rolling just like you would with each other you know what I mean um because you've got some training partners that really love to train hard and go hard and and that's perfectly fine but you've got the hobbyist that's like Hey, I just I, I kind of just want to roll and learn some things and and not get smashed. Um, so same concept for for females too. And if I were to say give any sort of advice as to how to roll, I guess respectfully is to to feel how their intensity is, you know, and to know that um, no matter what, you're always going to be stronger. You're always going to be stronger than a female. Even if you put me up against another guy who's 125 pounds, 130 pounds, no matter what, he's physically, he's still going to be stronger than me. And one of the techniques that I was telling Aiden, I really like to do a half guard, this half guard sweep. And I don't know the uh, technical term for it. Hey, me neither. <laughs> Keep, keep <laughs> on going. Gonna say, we're going to say half guard sweep past the leg. So you're in a half guard, but you have to almost go down to say like a quarter guard so that your arm can come up around the thigh instead of like behind the back or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So your arm has to be able to go behind their thigh so that you can pass their foot to the other hand, right? So I have to have that foot. I have to have the knee to be able to collapse that knee. I have to be able to turn my body to twist the leg to be able to even drive my shoulder into them to be able to come up on that sweep. And I was explaining to him, I'm like, but if it was a bigger guy, 
you wouldn't necessarily need to have all of those aspects of that specific sweep every single opponent or like component to it to be able to complete that you could just grab it and just start driving into them and probably topple them over you know why explain explain it to me what what what's the difference so not necessarily do i want to attribute it to power because a lot of guys will get really defensive and say but i try not to use power and i but try not to but at the same time you're probably right yeah. yeah when you drive that shoulder into a body you're using power you're using force you're using strength to mm-hmm. do that right and so with this specific sweep it was it was a good example for me to show that there was no way that if i was to do this to you okay that i would be able to just come up with that foot and start driving my shoulder into you without you putting your putting your pressure back into me and yeah. stopping me sure. from doing that. Sure. You know, I would need to collapse your other base, which is that knee to be able to even do that yeah. where a bigger guy or if somebody your same size were to do that to you, they'd be able to put more power into that and just knock you over. Sure. Do you sure. guys know what I, I, sweep I, I'm referencing? Totally. Without question. <laughs> Crystal clear. Um, so that one was very specifically like how I could explain the difference of, you know, somebody using power without them thinking that they're using power. Um, because a lot of, like I said, guys are like, I try not to use power. And I'm like, well, you're inadvertently it's a, it's an doing an example that. of a move that you would hit it and hit it and hit it. And then you need to have, you need to bump into a dude just three times your size until you realize you weren't hitting it as well as you could have you were utilizing the fact that you could bump the guy right and you'd move yep you weren't securing those other technical points because you didn't sort of need to exactly and then, to, to your point your example like the female to the male typical situation is um and how i mean actually kevin had had made a comment about this like if you wanted to um if you want to be technical, you've, you've got to roll with the small guy or you've got to roll with the female because they they rely on that to be able to yeah. to accomplish anything. And yeah, they don't have a choice. It, yeah. all, all, all positional points need to be accounted for. Exactly. Force is not my best move at 110 pounds. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. Um, and that was a lot of what, you know, smaller females, and I'm sure guys too get it, too, get it when they're um, – I mean, I look at the average size of a guy to be about 180. That's probably the average of a gym. Um, but maybe maybe I'm wrong on that. It's because you're looking at Polly and he's upset now. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sounds good to me. <laughs> average guy at a, at a jiu-jitsu gym is nice and skinny at 180 pounds. That sounds right to me. Yeah. Um, and it also, like, I, I gauge this on... Um, at the cellar, there was big, big guys. Like we're talking, like yeah, two hundred plus pounds. Sure, guys, which is know? big for yeah. a jujitsu gym. Yeah. And so, the average sized guy there was one hundred and eighty pounds. You know, but I'm sure at at M theory, I probably could. We could probably say one sixty five, one seventy would be the average sized male. But when you break that down, you know, a kilo probably walks around one sixty five. I think. Lindsay's at like 130 and then at my comp weight I'm at about like 115 so like 
compared to those, everybody still has 20 to 50 pounds on a female, which makes a big difference. Yeah. And even if you think that you're not putting strength or force into something, it just, it happens and you shouldn't feel bad about it and by any means. So like, this isn't me saying guys don't put any power in anything. Don't just, just well, right, lay there right, like right, a dead right. fish. Right. I'm saying that you just have to be conscientious of, of your weight and how you're distributing it and you know, how, how fast you're rolling and things like that. Um, but it, it really differs for each female that you're rolling with because if you get somebody who's super competitive like me it doesn't matter I'm a bulldozer I'm gonna try I'm gonna try really hard like it doesn't matter if I'm getting my butt kicked (laughs) and um I I always take the approach of I just ball up and then I'm like if I stay really really tight and then just kind of like roll I'm like eventually if you have like a ball that's rolling down the hill you're just gonna wipe things out you know (laughs) (laughs) I follow you (laughs) that's that's how I think about it but as far as advice to give to to men is just just really you got to feel how how the female's rolling and kind of match their pace fundamentally kind of how you would approach anybody else right yeah exactly just a little force yourself to be a little more cognizant of that kind of thing and uh to not bring ego i once had a guy that told me that he would break me before he lets me submit him and i (laughs) and then you married him that's weird No, no, uh, no, he I, was also one, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, this was a different time. But yes, okay, yeah. my um, my husband did tell me that. What's this guy's name? Ivan Drago. <laughs> I, must, <laughs> I must break you. <laughs> um, if no. she dies, she dies. <laughs> he was a wrestler, and that makes sense. It was just, um, you know, he his pride would be hurt if if that happened. So. Try to take ego out of it if you're ever rolling with a, a female. It's okay if a female taps you. There is absolutely nothing wrong with yeah. that. And you should yeah. be proud that yeah, you proud have... proud to know that person. Yeah, that you have a female that is killing it and mm-hmm. is able to do that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that, sure. that to me should be more of the, the aspect that we should be looking at versus, oh, this woman tapped me. I can't let that happen. Yeah, and if you, I mean, if you have legit like pride and ego issues based on one, one four-minute round of sparring where a woman got the best of you, seek help. <laughs> yes. Like, get it together. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Set your priorities right in your life. Good lord. Um, I mean, I we're we're still friends, but I bring that up every time I see him and I'm like, mm, do you remember that time you told me you'd break me? Yeah. But I also make it my mission to like try to submit him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. In that instant, you were like, oh, okay. <laughs> so game on. Right? So I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to arm bar you, but I definitely will put you to sleep. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. <laughs> and then what? <laughs> oh, nice. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not that mean. I wouldn't do that. You ever put anybody to sleep? Yes. Yes, I have. Why'd you hesitate so much to say yes to that? Because I always feel like that's like one of those things that you should be a better training partner and should not have done that. I didn't necessarily mean in training. Like in, in, in like a competition. Like, Never no, in a competition. Okay, cool. In training, well, in, I in, have. And in tra- Well, but no, I, I guess I, and it's, 
in my head anyway, it's come up in these conversations kind of jokingly, like, oh, man, you don't want this to happen. But in hindsight, it's kind of funny, you know? You, ha- I mean, you have, yeah? Yeah, I have. It's um, Without saying the name, tell me about it. <laughs> and again, no pride necessarily, no like, yeah, yeah, yeah putting yeah, people no. to sleep, but like... Um, it was actually more of like I didn't know that it was happening because I was... Uh, it was still early on in my blue and I had done a cross collar choke on a purple belt guy and he I actually had no idea that he had gone in and out twice like while I was choking and then he came back because they come back normal so like I had no idea that was happening but I didn't feel the body you know like when when the body goes limp it was just like he like nodded off and his head went down and then I like kind of loosened up and then like he came back too and we went again and so I was like okay what you know so I just kept rolling and then I did it a second time but then that was when the body like dropped and so he was like hmm. on top of me and I'm like crawling out yeah like <laughs> from underneath him and I was like oh I'm sorry well that's interesting <laughs> yeah because I mean yeah that kind of you, you, you when in your life have you ever had to kind of look and feel for and know those sort of feedback points yeah you know so the first time you encounter that sort of thing i'm not i'm not, i guess i'm surprised it doesn't happen more often just legitimately accidentally you know yeah well and this one was different so really funny story is that the very first time that i ever choked somebody out was not even somebody jujitsu related i was at my mom's house with my brother and my brother and I were just messing around. And that's like right when I started jujitsu and Aiden was there. He's sitting on the couch. My mom's next to him. Me and my brother on the floor. I go, let me show you this cool choke I learned. And he was like, oh, I don't know about this. And I was like, no, no, no. Come here. Come here. So I'm doing the rear naked choke on him. <laughs> this is more evidence to how dangerous white belts are, right? Yes. Yeah. So I do the rear naked choke and he goes out and he drops. So like, that's why when that guy didn't do that, I was like, I don't know oh, if yeah. he's actually going out, For you know, because sure. like the day brother, that you had was that there's this immediate limp body. Yep. Interesting. So like he went down and then he started like kind of like shaking a little bit, which I, I thought was really weird. But then I just started crying and I'm <laughs> like, I killed my brother. And I'm like looking over at Aiden and I was like, <gasps> And, like, my mom just started, like, freaking out. And I was like, what's going on? Like, tell me what's going on right now. And, and Aiden is laughing. Like, he's, and I'm like, mm-hmm. this isn't funny. What is it? And so, like, all of a sudden, he, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. takes his breath mm-hmm. and comes back. And he was, like, he was so mad at me. He was, what just happened? Like, he's, like, <laughs> all I remember is, like, boop, out. That's crazy. <laughs> and he's, like, he'll be fine. He's, he'll just give him a second. And so, like, yeah, the blood comes back. And I was like, so that was the first time I ever choked somebody out to sleep. And my brother will never let me come near his neck ever again. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> he's probably right. Um, That's funny. And he would be so mad if I was telling this story. Well, you didn't say his name? Benjamin. No, you didn't, at least you didn't say his name. Oh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So... But the other times that I put people to sleep, it was, um, one of them was a bone arrow choke, so I couldn't see their face. Yeah, that's the one I was going to bring up when yeah. you were talking about the feedback thing, like a yep. bow and arrow, like you can't really see it. Mm-hmm. Such a weird, rigid position anyway, like unless you like see the hands flop to the side, yep. you maybe wouldn't know, especially inexperienced, you know? Yep. 
um that was it and I I had no idea and like by the time she wasn't moving you know I was like so I like let go and then then she drops right because I'd already had the knee behind so like I was mm-hmm. pulling hard yeah. and so then did by you the cry time, that time I I did because it was one of my friends and I was like <laughs> I was like I'm so sorry I did so okay so this is this is two choke outs how many more do you have um Hopefully not two more. You're a jujitsu instructor, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I had two better. more. I had two more. Okay, did you cry the other two? No, no, I didn't. Okay, so fifty percent of the time when you've choked people out, you've cried. <laughs> right, we'll just put that on recorded record. <laughs> um Yeah, I, I get it though, man. I, I accidentally kicked the guy in the head. I had him mounted and was gonna try to twirl around for some kind of an arm bar disaster, you know? Kicked him right in the head. Oh, Did you knock him out? No. No? He was okay. fine. But okay. I asked him like like two, three times a week for like several months how his head was and was he okay? And I've never gone for an R-bar for mountain ever since. Oh, it's going to happen. It's, Everybody it just keeps happens. saying that. <laughs> eh, sometimes you get hit kicked in the head, you know. <laughs> just, it is what it is. <laughs> I think uh, most jiu-jitsu people just get, it, it is, you know, you injuries are going to happen. You finger in the eye once in a while and yeah. you move on. It's worse to me when you get like sweat. Like if you eat somebody's sweat, that's worse to me. I'd rather you kick me in my head than, than get your sweat in my mouth. That's that's where I'm like, no, mm-mm. I try draw the line. I had there was a, an older guy that used to train in the mornings, and his his chest hair <laughs> had fallen in my in my mouth, and I uh, was done. It's like, nope, I can't. I mean, I'm sure you shower. I'm sure it's great. Like, what? But this, no. Mm. <laughs> See, here's a movie reference. Along came Polly, you know? Is it Along came Polly where, the, where the, he's got the head, they're playing basketball, and he's like OCD about germs yeah. and stuff, and his face just gets scraped into yes. the guy's sweaty, yes. chubby chest. Same kind of thing. Yikes. Yeah, no. It was... Mm-hmm. Um... So I would much rather somebody kick me in my head than to get your chest hair. Eat their sweaty chest hairs. hairs. So ever since then, we kept telling him that you need to wear a rash guard. Like, you need to wear a rash guard. <laughs> I don't need that in my mouth. <laughs> you ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. Yeah. Some of that, some of that, like, really close contact in big, heavy pajamas in a really warm room breaking a sweat stuff is kind of gross. That's for, That's for sure. Yeah. It is what it is, but it's it is gross still. Nobody wants to be. Everybody likes the training, but then the the after and when you're all sweaty and stuff, I'm like, Ugh, God. My thing is like you, you you like finish a round or whatever, and you realize you got a hair in your mouth, and you you spend the next like several minutes convincing you you're convincing yourself that it's your hair. Like, nah, that was mine. That's all good. Hit the mat, came right in the mouth. That's mine. That's one of mine. It's all good. It's one of mine. It's one of mine. So we're good. We don't need to freak out too much because that was one of my hairs, you know? Yeah. Oh, the girls. Or the, the dudes that have beards and like there's <clears throat> jokes involved in the round. So then there's like curly puby hairs on the mat. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Shave your beards if you're going to do jujitsu. Get it together, guys. <laughs> Um, also probably one of the reasons that it's not appealing to women and why it's so hard for women to join is because I've legit had women that are be like, 
but that's really intimate. Like you guys mm-hmm. are really, mm-hmm. really close together. And I'm like, yeah. And if you can't get over that, then it, it's going to be a hard journey for you. <laughs> well, and I mean, who knows what like legitimate concerns might even be behind those kind of concerns. You know what I mean? So, so it's one of those, well, you push through, you kind of normalize it and get used to it or you don't. Yep. In some cases, who knows? That's uh, since you're touching on that kind of, mm-hmm. cool. that's a important aspect also to go into like how you treat a female how you roll with a female is a lot of um I shouldn't say a lot there are women that just get into it for the sport but most women are either looking for some self-defense aspect which means that you know there's been trauma in their life at some point and I have known many women that have tried to you know overcome that in jiu-jitsu because a lot of the positions, like if you're in a mount or like somebody's mounting you, that position specifically brings a lot of PTSD to women who have, you know, been assaulted or anything of that sort. And so thinking about like how you roll, I actually, I had watched a guy that was rolling. This was a long, long time ago. I watched a guy that was rolling with a female and he did that, but then proceeded to like pin her hands, like both of her hands. And I I just remember being like, whoa, 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 like, relax. You want to pin one arm because you're going to do like a submission? That I, I get that. But there's no, absolutely no reason you need to pin both. And like, I think he just was like completely caught off guard by me, like speaking up and being like, this is just, you shouldn't do that. Like, you want to do, what What submission are you going to do with both arms yeah, pinned? What's your next move there anyhow? You're just, yeah. bully, you're bullying at that point. Yeah. In, in a way. And... So I just, that's, that's something to be conscientious of. If you, if you feel like, you know, and some women should be able to, to try to, to get that in check. And if it's something, you know, like, Hey, I just, I, maybe I need to time out and, and sit, but also for a guy to kind of recognize that this, that might be a trigger for you know mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. and not everybody's in it for competition some people are like i said in it for self-defense you know they they were put in a situation where they feel now that they need to know how to defend themselves or just have a light have an interest in knowing how to do that when i would say even regardless of what their intentions and interests are somebody might be in it for competition but we are who we are we have the past that we have like it goes to that whole you can turn down any role you want you should tap to any situation you yeah. feel like you should tap to. Yeah. You know, and you're kind of talking about the pre-roll, like you shouldn't necessarily have to check in with everybody. But like the the handful of times I've encountered, um, I'll use him as an example, Colin Bartles. You ever started a round with Colin? He he takes like a parkour survey. He's like a doctor. He's like, so, hey, how you doing today? Anything hurting? What are you working on? Yeah. Like to, to, to me, that yep. actually should be just like a more open normal yeah. part of the culture like i don't if something's hurting i don't want to make it worse yeah you know and if something in particular bugs you let's let's avoid that so you can continue to have a good day with it i actually like that a lot absolutely i agree with that like it's one thing if you have a set competition class then you're getting into that for that specific reason mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. but anything out like outside of that absolutely why wouldn't you want to make sure that your training partners are taken care of and that you're rolling how you should be like there should be no reason you couldn't do that. So I agree. Plus it gives me the option to pass on a round. (laughs) Oh bro, man, I'm I'm tired. (laughs) 
um, it's been interesting because nobody until now, uh, nobody's known except for a handful of people that I'm pregnant. Like it's not known to the general public. Right. So I get, um, I was at Friday open roll. I had this big, I don't, I don't know his name. I'm sorry. He's a white belt, um, at M theory, but he's a big guy in Jim. Probably. Big Jim? I don't know. Mind you. Uh, he has two stripes. Oh, he might have more. Anyway. I don't know. So anyway, he came over and very politely asked me if I wanted to roll. But I was like, oh, no, I'm taking, you know, I'm taking this round out. And I feel bad because I was like, typically I would roll with you. But I, I don't necessarily want to tell you that I'm pregnant because I don't know you. <laughs> so I don't want to have to like yeah. slow the roll down. So. Right. You know, and I hope that nobody ever takes offense to being like, hey, no, I'm taking a, a round out. But there's always reasons, you know, sometimes yeah, people sure. have their reasons for, for I, not. Well, I, and I, again, I say I joke about the whole, hey, I'm tired and fat and out of shape, but I'm going to skip one. But like the reason is I'm a free American and I can skip around within reason, you know. Exactly. Did he have a big booming voice, big, big curly hair right now? No, no, okay. he didn't. Maybe, unless no. he cut his hair, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That wasn't Big Jim then. I like Big Jim. <laughs> Um, me thinking a lot about the impersonations of Ishmael because I knew it was going to come up. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, what do I do? I don't know that I have anything. I'm horrible at impersonations. Horrible at them. Who can you do? No, nobody. Well, who do you think you can do? Or who, who would you like to be able to do? Per- My Asian mother. <laughs> like, Are we going to get canceled for this? You're actually <laughs> at least half Asian. So we're okay. <laughs> Let's hear it. Uh, No. My mother, she would kill me if I did that. But I did. Does your mom listen to a lot of jujitsu podcasts? No, but I would make her listen to this one. Oh, you will. I would make her because I'd be like, no, this was my fame to glory. This is actually my son was very upset, and I need to mention him specifically for the fact that when he found out that I was going to be on a podcast, he was like, "Mom, can I come with you?" And I was like, "No." And he goes, but mom, I can't, I, I have cool things to say. And I was like, mm. I don't care. No, <laughs> just a mean mom. I'm like, no. And he was like, but mom. And he was so persistent, like for days until I left. And he was like, well, why can't, can I just come and I'll just sit in the corner and just be quiet. And I was like, but you won't be quiet. I know you. <laughs> and he's like, but mom, I want to be on a podcast. And I was like, what do you want to be on a podcast for? I was like, do something that's really cool then. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes. Also, your your son voice sounds like Kip from Napoleon Dynamite. Oh. But mom, <laughs> I want to be on a podcast. <laughs> do his lips hurt real bad? Oh, sometimes I think that he does sound like that. I but. caught you a delicious bass. <laughs> do you know that movie? Yes, I okay, do know good. that movie. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, the I guess we had our. How much you want to make a bet? I could throw a football over those mountains. <laughs> Dead silence. That was perfect. You had what? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, we had a, a holiday work party where you had to fill out questions anonymously, and like uh, one of them was like, "What is your guilty pleasure for list? Like your um, musician, artist." A guilty pleasure and uh, what do you mean by guilty pleasure like what would you listen to that you would be ashamed that you listen to sure, sure. basically 
<laughs> so not hairball. <laughs> That's nothing. Nothing guilt behind hairball whatsoever. Guys. Same. So I was, I was being uh, earnest. Yeah. Uh, I went to high school in Rogers, and so hairball would come to yeah. the Rogers Rockin' Rogers days. So that's funny that I had no idea that that was Brian. Yeah, you didn't. No, when, I mean, when, at when that did time, you see it? Uh, this would have been like, oh, good God, 2006. Okay, it wasn't Brian. Oh, okay. He started 2019, really early 2019, I think. Oh, okay. probably saw him when it wasn't Brian either. I'm the only one that saw it when it was Brian. Oh, no big deal. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Keep go back. Um. To the guilty guilty pleasures of a musician, right? And a lot of people said, like, Justin Bieber. They were like, oh, I would never admit that I would listen to Justin Bieber, but I listened to Justin Bieber. Here's me. Meatloaf. <laughs> Everybody was They're like... Guilty about that, man. What? Is there guilt involved in Meatloaf? <laughs> the guy's incredible. I, so... My husband gives me just crap about my taste in music. He's because wrong. At least about Meatloaf. I don't know what else you listen <laughs> to, you. but he's wrong. Yeah. A bonding moment. I right won't now. like fight him <laughs> over it because even if it's been a few years, I think I'm probably screwed. But like, Meatloaf is incredible. I I love Meatloaf, and I grew up listening to it because my dad was a huge Meatloaf fan. So I I yeah. said it was my guilty pleasure, but that's probably because my husband's like, oh, you should really not tell people you like Meatloaf. I just remember Meatloaf in Spice Girls, the movie. He Spice was the bus World? driver. Spice World. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. He was the bus driver. Now that would be a guilty pleasure group, oh, not yeah. meatloaf. Yeah, Spice Girls for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, to go back to this impersonation, mm-hmm. the only thing, so I can't do it in the Ishmael voice, but something that he frequently always says to, um, like the females when he's rolling with them, I know, like between Katrina, myself, and Angela. He always asks, he always, <laughs> when we're rolling and we're like really trying to give it our, give it our all, even though we know Ishmael will just smash us in a second. He's always like, why are you so angry? <laughs> he does say that. <laughs> why are you so angry? <laughs> we're going to train hard. That was Brian's. We're going to train hard. <laughs> but yeah, he, do, he does say, why are you so angry all the time? And that's yeah. what he says to me all the time. So I'm like, that's the best I can do yeah. is, why are you so angry? <laughs> That's funny. Oh, yeah, now I'm like I'm, I'm, my 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 brain is reviewing, and yeah, he, why are you so angry? He does. <laughs> um, you know, and even on that note, with one thing to really chalk up to Ishmael and how great of an instructor he is is, I have rolled more times with Ishmael than I've ever rolled with cumulative black belts, like any of my other instructors ever in I've had so you're saying the head your head instructor the head of the gym has been on the mat with you individually more times than all all the rest of them all of my other instructors combined and I've had six different instructors so that that is a huge like one that your instructor is rolling with you and I've, I've, I mean, I watch him and he is rolling with white belts and blue belts. And like that to me is something that's so, so, so important as a black belt and a gym owner is to be able to give your time to, you know, your, your new people coming in or your newer people. Um, but also to roll with the females. Like I, I don't know a single 
female he's never not rolled with. Like he's rolled with just, every just single normalizing female. every part of training with yeah. everybody. Yeah. Yep. Ishmael does a really great job of I I couldn't tell you who his favorites are cuz I don't know, you know, who he never really shows. He do, he doesn't show his favoritism where you can see that in some instructors that'll be like, you know, they'll really gear towards the competitive competitors and be like I'm only going to give these guys attention because they're going to they're going to bring me my medals, you know. Right, right. Um so I never know that. I mean, he is really really a great instructor and the way he teaches like you can just tell he has a passion for it which is crucial to being an instructor is to making sure that you do have that passion well i i I mean i've been there um taking photos enough times to have caught this moment enough times and i think you really see his passion for it when he's fully reared back with one of those little dodge soft dodgeball balls and just chucking it at a head and in one of the kids class just about to smoke some kid that's really when you see the passion in his eyes i can show you the photos it's incredible yep um so i help out with the kids classes on friday nights and saturday mornings and i really didn't know what to expect with ishmael with dodgeball (laughs) this is a this is a big deal in in the kids Mm -hmm. kids uh program so I uh, thought Ishmael's side pressure was intense. Wait till you play dodgeball with him. Seriously. (laughs) Um, But he's really, he's got a great gym. I I have been around a lot of gyms and um, seen a lot of different instructors and I'm very thankful for for Ishmael and being able to land at M theory through my, my journeys, you know, cause he really has a good culture there. And it's interesting when you go to other gyms and other areas and see, see different things. Like I went to a gym in, uh, I was in Wisconsin Dells and it was before the fight to win. So I was like, oh, I got to find somewhere to just sweat cause I got to keep my weight down. And I found a gym out there. And the instructor was was really nice. Don't get me wrong. He was he was very nice to me, very welcoming. Um, no females whatsoever, which is fine because it sometimes you just there's only one, if that, female in class. Um, but he swore a lot in class. Shit, yeah, man. So everything was like. Um, and it was like big man jujitsu. So it was like, he got to side control and he'd make these like grunting noises and he'd be like, mm, I'm gonna fucking do this. And I'm like, we could, we could tone that back here a little bit. I'm gonna this have is- to have you give me the name of the gym when we're off here. It sounds like where I should be. <laughs> <laughs> and, but everybody, you know, you, you get used to whatever gym you're at or you like it for a certain reason. And that's totally mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I would always tell people and I tell women this who kind of inquire about like gyms and starting, I I always tell them that, you know, go visit other gyms, go, go check out other gyms. Don't just find one place and think that this is the best gym ever. Like, you know, go check out different places. And then if you come back to that one, that's when you know that that one is the best gym ever for you, you know? But don't be afraid to go and visit other gyms and, you know, see what else is out there or different instruction is like because 
You never know. What else should we talk about? Polly asked me a question while you were going to the restroom. He was asking me. I just went up there to sneak cookies. I I was like, because the bathroom's right here. What are you doing? (laughs) What was the the question? Um, If we had touched base on how Aiden and I met, if it was through through jujitsu, and it wasn't. It was actually we met at a, um, we worked together at a bar, Clara. And he actually was the one that introduced me to jujitsu. So once we started dating, he got to know me a little bit and he was like, man, you're like, you're a feisty one. You like to wrestle. You like to do these things. You'd really love jujitsu. So Tom Schmitz, um, had a seminar that he was doing and yep. And so I came to like, you couldn't spectate the seminar, but I went to like the last, I don't know, 15 minutes or so when it was kind of just like open roll, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I went there to watch and then I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And, you know, I was, it was really funny because I came way overdressed for like everybody in there, you know? <laughs> and so I was like in heels coming in here because I was like, this is a new guy I'm dating, you uh, know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your, your means in were a little different atmosphere. Yeah. Probably, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so I saw it and I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Like I have done sports my whole life. I had started. Which sports? Um, so I started gymnastics and cheerleading when I was like four, right? Because it's a typical girl's sport to, <laughs> to start. And then I started soccer when I was about six. Mm-hmm. And so then I played, um, did those most up until about middle school when I found tennis so then I started playing tennis and then I would say my high school sports were soccer, tennis and softball. So like, you know, I, I was always the common sports yeah. in something, doing yeah, yeah, something sure. and always have been competitive. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot and try it. I was actually a wrestling cheerleader, wrestling, wrestling had cheerleaders. Yeah. It was a, <laughs> those, and they were a big deal, at least where I went to high school. Like yeah. The, so I went to Walker Hackensack Akeley High of course, School. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, what? <laughs> Polly, that's how you know it's a small town when there's three cities three, attached. Three, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like DGF, mm-hmm. Dilworth, Glendon, Felton. Anyway. So they had a wrestling program, and I initially wanted to do wrestling, but my grandpa's... You were right. <laughs> What? You were right, for the record. Yeah. Do some wrestling. Yeah. Um, but my grandpa was really old school, and that's who I was living with at the time, mm-hmm. was my grandparents. And he was like, girls don't wrestle, and they should not be wrestling with boys. Or, like, girls should not be wrestling with boys. Your grandpa was wrong. Absolutely. No offense. Absolutely. And so then when I did inquire to the coach, like, he kind of, like, laughed me off. And especially at that time, like, girls don't wrestle. You know, there was no girls whatsoever. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll just be a cheerleader. <laughs> it's the closest, closest to the <laughs> you get You get to be there even though, like, the activity is fairly yeah. removed. Yeah. But I would get in trouble frequently because I would wrestle with them before the coach shows up. <laughs> like, because our practices were roughly around the same time. Right. They had the gym and we were outside in the cafeteria. But, right. like, I would still go in and you know, try to double leg somebody. I mean, I did, I did double leg somebody through my wall one time. 
at a party. So <laughs> don't try to glaze over something like that. What, what, what are we talking about here? What, what happened? <laughs> yeah, why didn't we start here? So I was, yeah, it would have been my freshman year. And my College? dad was high school in high school. Okay. High school. My dad was out of town and he obviously said no parties, no, no doing anything. But of course, the first thing I do is like invite a bunch of people over. And so one of them had told me that I was like a weak little girl or something like that. And of course I got angry about it. Mm-hmm. It was like weak little girl. And I just plow drived him into my wall. <laughs> like boom, big butt print right in the wall. <laughs> And then it hit me that I was going to die. <laughs> like yeah, when my yeah. dad was yeah. going to kill me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I took my dad's, like had a, he had a favorite Vikings blanket. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to put it up against, like up on the wall. Like I was hanging it. Yeah, it's a tapestry know? now. It's <laughs> yeah. not a blanket anymore. It's a tapestry. It took him at least. Yes. Just like that. Yeah, just like that tapestry <laughs> there. Yeah. It took him at least eight months until, <laughs> like, he went to, like, lean up on the wall. And I don't even remember. I think, actually, it was the vacuum. He went to vacuum, and, like, the vacuum fell and just fell right in that hole. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the way that he said my name mm-hmm. when when he found out was, like, oh, God. He found out. Yeah, you didn't so even need dead. to be in the room. You heard the tone of voice. You're like, oh, I found I it. I knew it. Found the I damage. Yep. So, but, so, I, I could double like somebody. So your earliest grappling experience was pre-cheerleading practice in high school. Yeah. That's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. And I mean, I watched those guys cut weight and I watched their practices, like, because ours, I mean, we were cheerleaders. We cheered, we we did it for like 45 minutes, half hour, and then their practices are still going on for like another two hours. Plus you know? they're going to run stairs and all that nonsense <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. So I would go and watch and I mean, by yeah. no means am I an expert, but always had an interest in it. Mm-hmm. And so when Aiden was like, hey, this is something you, you do. And I'm like, yeah, it looks like wrestling. All right. I can do this. I can do this now at this age. And I think I was... 2021 so like i was thinking like i was too old for this but i was then gonna I say that at this age was when you were 21 <laughs> yeah like i still feel invincible mid-30s i definitely 21 i definitely felt invincible i was like yeah bring on whatever <laughs> sport let's go um so and then i saw the people that were doing it and i was like oh yeah i yeah. can for sure do this yeah. uh some of my first roles were with angelo Angelo Ficocello, Ficocello? I think that's how you say his last name, but Paulie probably knows him. He's <laughs> well, he does. Paulooch, you do? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I was just doing the Guido thing. Don't say Guido. Third straight. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that's who it is. Um, so he does because he also <laughs> he's a black belt at Spartan. Oh, never mind. I didn't say a thing. I didn't make any generalizations whatsoever. <laughs> That was your first, your first like training experience, rolling experience. Yeah, though? was yeah. So he was one of my first, um, and it wasn't terrible. And he gave me some positive. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good start. Well, it wasn't terrible. Yeah. So he was a blue belt at the time, and so 
he you know gave me some positive feedback and be like yeah I think she'd be good at this and so I just kind of stuck around and would would do open mats and things like that but after Tom Schmitz left to go open his gym mm-hmm. we didn't have an instructor and so mm-hmm. my husband Aiden took over some of the classes and that's actually how I know Doug Doug Novak is like my long if I were to name somebody that I've known the longest in jiu-jitsu it would be Doug for sure like him and I were we started similar paths and whatnot yeah that same time so yeah but then I just I mean life happened and so then baby happened and I I wasn't something that I was as serious about as I am now and like post baby when I started competing but I would do it here and there and you know I was always around it because Aiden was still doing it and so he would show me things and my upbringing for jujitsu has probably been a lot different than most people's because I had Aiden like any questions I had he was my go-to or if we wanted to do something at home I would just you know we'd break it down and like so you had easier access yeah easier and immediate access to somebody else sounds like with more experience than you at the time at least right exactly and whereas most people's experiences like terrifying like they go to their first jujitsu class and they're like i don't know what to do and then like they don't want to be barefoot in public walking on your mats like they're outside with shoes not on or whatnot yeah that's probably <laughs> yeah, but but I, even, legit i'm joking but like even legitimately that just these weird elements of this sort of seemingly weird sport relative to like other sports i've done yeah not to mention i don't know what this is yeah so i feel you and i so my upbringing was just kind of not the norm for what people feel you know yeah and we didn't have beginner classes back then mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. it was just kind of you're thrown to the sharks and just survive and cried a lot. So it was just, and especially cause there was no females whatsoever. Like I don't think the next female that I knew of that came in wasn't until Pam Sorensen. That was the next mm-hmm. female that I know of that kind of came into the mix, at least from where I was at. Right, right, right. And like when people go to their beginner classes or they have these fears of like going back to classes all the time because they're like, I'm just getting my ass handed to me. It sucks. And like I didn't necessarily have that same type of feelings because I always had Aiden. I always had him to like comfort me back to here's what you should have done here's what you right, need to do right. so then i'd go back and be like no i'm gonna do this and now I'm you could turn the negative feedback loop into something of a positive feedback loop yeah. because you'd at least just get some ideas and advice and have a little more comfort zone to it and that is one thing that um you know another thing i kind of preach to women is like ask questions you know so if you had trouble with something you got to ask to figure it out like sometimes you can kind of work it out yourself but if you don't have the answers you got to ask questions and I don't feel that a lot of people do that when they have when they're stuck on something they just feel like they're burdening somebody by asking them or they just forget or don't want to or yeah, Ishmael demonstrate a drill and demonstrate it again and it's like the second iteration in Essentials class. And he'll say any questions and no one says anything. I know. 
y'all lying. I know. Everybody here is lying. And, and it, it's, you know, we're all processing maybe and whatnot. But everybody here should have questions. Like, yes. And you do, you know. But, yeah, I mean, encouraging people to speak up and ask the questions is huge. Yep. So there was the first time that I ever felt that white belt first starting off kind of feeling um, was when I switched gyms to M theory. I actually had told Ishmael that I was a purple belt and I should have felt comfortable and known all of the things and, and like, but I would sit in the parking lot of that gym and I cried and would not go into the gym and I would drive home. So like I literally would drive to the gym and then end up leaving and not even showing up for class and not even going. And like I, that is the first time that I felt what white belts would feel like when you first start and you have those frustrations and you're like, you're sitting there and you're like, do I really want to do this? Is this, you know, so it was, it was interesting to me. So I have this new, newfound love for white belts and beginners and women, especially to kind of help guide them through that. Cause I couldn't imagine like that sucks. That sucks to have that feeling and, you know, not have anybody to help, help guide you through that, you know? So, well, cause that is most people's experience. It's, yeah. I decided I kind of liked that thing I saw. So I went by myself and did it. And also what? <laughs> and then like six months later, you're like, what? You know, but you didn't really have that. You bumped into some of those question marks and stressors later on yep. when you got more advanced. That's interesting. Yeah. So it was it was very different from the normal. And I don't know how it would have been had I been able to cross those bridges, you know, earlier on than when I was a purple belt. And you, you would think that you would be well established and, you know, not have that fear. But I remember when I came back and I was just, I was getting my ass handed to me and I was just like what in the hell I am a purple belt I should be better at this I should know more and then it it literally dug my ego into the dirt you know and that's when I could finally compare myself and feel what the white belts felt or like how you would feel when you first start you know not to pick on white belts I'm not picking on them I'm saying that it it's hard and I commend you for those who started out like that and got past that and like you're still around you sort of appreciate that yeah i mean they they say blue belt's the hardest belt right but like most people seem to quit at white belt and most people seem to quit prior to white belt like most people don't try stuff right (laughs) yes Yes. but like the people that show up and try like it seems like the majority of people that join jujitsu in general start training jujitsu in general stop at white belt yep. because it is like you're just swimming in a pool of question marks yep every day and if you're not asking those questions and finding answers then i i can imagine that that's hard for anybody to get past that you know so my level of appreciation for anybody who has done that my hardest belt was purple that was my hardest belt and i mean because of that, because of kind of that realization at one point, and then you just kind of had a gut check? Yep. Because the way that I was brought up, right? So I didn't have the normal 
white belt. Mm-hmm. I got my blue belt and I kind of referenced that I was a cocky blue belt. And, you know, it took once I got my purple belt, I kind of checked myself and was like, OK, you really aren't that great in the whole grand scheme of all these other great <laughs> great people you know and then it really got checked when I was at M theory when I was you know these blue belts could maul my ass and I'm just like what the hell that's not supposed to happen yeah right right right. (laughs) um so yeah I mean I I was basically coasting through that same type of mentality in blue and so purple for me was like I finally had that ego check in the you know, you're not really as good as you think you are. <laughs> and now you're a brown belt and it's all good, right? I and well, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different set of questions. It's a, it's a different, yeah. I mean, I feel that I've come into a different type of confidence in brown. Definitely not cocky like blue belt and definitely not timid like I was in purple. But I have this, I, I feel okay, but it took me a while to get there. So I got my brown belt the end of July, the end of July, and shit you not, I was beyond shocked. Like, I really did not think, quite frankly, that I deserved it or that I just was like, holy smokes. I was thinking... Because everybody has like their timeline of like, oh, I'm going to get my black belt by the time I'm 35 or I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to be a mm-hmm. blue for like three years and purple at two years or something like that. And for me, I thought I was going to be a purple belt for at least another year. Like I expected at least another year. And when he called my name, I was like, what? <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> There's no way. There's two like, Michelles in class. Yeah. Well, because Marcus was standing right next to me and he's pushing me to yeah, go. Cool. And I was like, what? And then I was like, this isn't a joke, right? Like I asked Ishmael when I went up there, I was like, you're not joking. And he's like, no, I'm not joking. <laughs> and, and I don't know because that particular class, like I remember that class because I had some of the toughest roles that night and I was complete like I sat on the bench and just had this defeated look on my face like I fucking suck like (laughs) like it was just Mm -hmm. and I don't know if he saw that or like what it was but of all the days to give me my brown belt I would not have picked that day because I was so like just defeated You, you wouldn't have picked that day no, I wouldn't. <laughs> but he did. But he did. Yeah. And I mean, I was talking to another friend and I said to them that, you know, if Ishmael gives you a belt, like, you know, you deserve that belt because he doesn't just hand them out. Um, it's not like other previous gyms that I've seen that are like mass promotions and, oh, you're close enough. You're just going to get your belt and things like that like I feel like he puts a lot because he has such passion for jujitsu that he puts thought into who's getting their belts and what it's not a light decision on his part usually yeah Yeah. and so it it took me a long time for me to come to the realization that I maybe do deserve my brown belt (laughs) I mean I got the same thing with Kevin and his black he's sort of like um okay let this yeah. sink in some. Yeah. It's uh 
Yeah. So I enjoy, I enjoy my training now. Like, I don't know if it's because I've like changed up my training or what I'm doing, but like I have a lot of fun when I'm training and maybe that came with the confidence of the belt. I don't, I still haven't figured it out. You'd think I'd have it figured out by now, but. Well, there's also just an ebb and a flow to life anyhow. Like, you know, we ebb sometimes, we flow other times and. Mm-hmm. But as far as like being able to say that I have decent jujitsu, like at at the level that I am, I, I would, I would agree with that. Like I can hold my own. If I'm going against somebody like Potabom, of course, I'm going to get my ass handed to me or like Marcus, but I'll definitely try. And maybe that's, that's why I am what I am is because I'll try, you know? And that's maybe one of the the key points of when I tell females, just keep going, keep trying. Eventually, eventually you'll get there. It's too bad that sounds like such a good place to stop because I got a question I want to ask you. Talking with Kevin and I brought up a, a, an idea of like waves of like promotions, specific per, particularly to Black Belt and then talking with hpk about kind of the history of things sure like the ogs are ish and greg and then arguably you'd put like a rocco and brian hpk back there yeah like they had black belts before like we were in high school you know some of us right like they're from way back and then there's a couple other waves you know all the way up to like um the most recent guys is the next wave of black belts in minnesota mostly women Oh. Think about it. You, Akila. Lindsay. Lindsay. Um, B from X2 is the other brown belt. Aria. Where, where, where's Caitlin at? She's a grizzled old purple belt, right? Yeah, she's a purple. She just got... <laughs> right? <laughs> yep, yep. Like the... the Just going kind of to one of the general themes here, the crop of women who are now leading women into jiu-jitsu... Mm-hmm are getting to be senior class it seems like yeah that's really interesting because yeah i mean that's the those of us is there one is there one right now gina franzen yep gina is the only female black belt and and first right Mm -hmm. and she uh, yeah she only has so she has two brown belts at hers uh, i believe two female brown belts at hers right Mm -hmm. now and then Alliance has two, but I know that Arya is the one that is frequently training. Um, and then other than who Ishmael has, I don't really know any other gyms. Pam, Pam Sorensen is a brown belt, so she's probably getting close. So we're talking a dozen women yeah. cruising in. Like the, 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 the sword is wow. constructed and formed. And just needs to be sharpened and they become black belts. That's exciting. I, oh, for the record, I observed the waves. That man there, Paulie, brought up the idea that he thinks the next wave, just based on the number of brown belts, a couple of stripes yeah. thrown in, might be a good crop of women taking new leadership roles. That is, that's a great observation. And that would be really exciting. I mean, to have that many female black belts. 
around. It will be exciting when it happens. Yeah. Right? It's going to happen. It will. It will. Um, and in, in in the Midwest, you know, I know that Chicago has a, a sure. few, you know, female black belts, but for Minnesota to have that many, that would be fantastic. But yeah, I totally see that. It's, I mean, I feel like we're in two sections of that wave though, because, mm-hmm. well, I guess, I don't know. Akila got her brown belt about six months before I did. So it depends. I mean... Well, yeah, yeah. The, the, everybody's path is what it is, and you mm-hmm. know, I mean, you know, like Brian Potabom is is he's got a stripe, so he's three years into being a black belt. Yep. But like in terms of just general waves, yep. a couple three years is small potatoes across the, the the span of this kind of thing. So you know, sure. I guess I mean like five to eight years from now, there's going to be a handful. Oh, absolutely. Or more female black belts in Minnesota. Absolutely, and that will be that will be amazing to have more females and to hopefully incite other females to come and, and keep joining. And, um, it's, yeah, that'll be really cool. Well, part of the idea, part of the reason I bring it up is, and part of the reason I wanted to have you on first, first of the gals is, so I'm like fundamentally a women's powerlifting coach. Oh yeah. Like if I've had 35 competitors, in my programming go and compete yeah like five to eight of them are men like as majority women that's okay awesome. now if you go back to the early days of my interest in powerlifting and strength sports and you were in those years to go to a powerlifting meet there'd be a couple of gals competing but they were married to some guy that's competing and there'd be some other women there watching yep. you know and there's been a fantastic shift in strength sports in particular toward I guess, inclusiveness toward women. And you go to 2017, 2018, something like that. You go to a lot of meets around here. They were majority female lifters. Really? Because some of those earlies started bringing other people into it. Yep. And then some of their people started bringing people into it, right? And you have good options in this state for strong, effective uh, female powerlifting coaches. Yep. And they're starting programs and they, you know, have a little pocket, little gym, a little pocket of lifters and it grows and it grows and it grows. So I guess I'm kind of projecting the same thing to happen in Minnesota with BJJ. Absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see how that changes and how many more females will do, will end up joining. Well, and just being the gal at six or seven different gyms running <laughs> female training groups, like seems like you're going to be at the forefront of that evolution. I hope so. I uh, definitely try to push for more females to get out there and, and do my best to try to help every everybody understand and kind of work through the issues that we have and, you know, as females in a male-dominated sport. Um, I mean, you really just got to find the right type of gym. I think that that's crucial for a female to continue, you know. I think that too many times females end up with a gym that's super male dominated, but not necessarily, um, respect a female until they get to a certain point. Like I know there are some gyms that are like, if you, if you don't stick around and you don't get your blue belt, like, I'm not going to know your name. I'm not, I'm going to treat you like dirt and hope you quit, you know? And then if you don't quit, then I know that you're going to stick around. And like that shouldn't necessarily be the mentality 
to have but with anybody (laughs) yeah no for sure for sure um but yeah (laughs) that'll be that'll be uh pretty cool to see and i am honored to be your first female uh guest on the show Uh like i and especially being that i'm not actually a black belt but First non-black belt, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> first yeah. female, first first. So the seven belt. or eight people who don't already know you that will listen to it—that's a big deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I I'm gonna I'm gonna make one like semi bold brash statement that I consider to be true. Okay. I want to see what you think. It's cool for somebody, a guy. Let me go ahead and say a guy like me to do jujitsu. I think it's neat. But I don't need to. Yeah. Like, nobody's going to pick a fight with me. I'm a big, scary-looking yep. prick, right? Mm-hmm. And I've joked about it before. I can't fight, so they probably should, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, it's... I don't know if you go so far as to say required, but really important that women do jujitsu. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I It was... I posted a, a meme on Instagram that's... <laughs> That was along the lines of like me inviting all my neighbors to jujitsu so they can assert dominance in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm top mom. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it, I mean, it's semi true because I will always talk about jujitsu when we're all at neighborhood gatherings and things like that. Um, but I got a, a neighborhood mom that messaged me, and from that she was like, "Hey, I." Uh, I w- I joked with Nate, which is her husband, that like, hey, I wonder if she'd ever teach me jujitsu. And he was like, mm, don't be embarrassing or something like that. And mm. I was like, no, I would absolutely teach you jujitsu. Like, here's mm-hmm. my information. I have, I teach, you know, classes here, here and here. And, or if you just want me to come to you or you to come to me, like the ball is in your court. I am happy to, yeah. to teach you jujitsu because I think that every single female should know jujitsu when it's a little bit like mentioning some curiosity about veganism to a vegan you didn't stepped in some shit they're not gonna shut up about it now <laughs> yeah. right so it's a little bit of that too but also yeah i mean to the serious point like absolutely let's go yeah. it's kind of it's it, i mean there's a cent uh, sort of a, a central theme of like empowerment and and you know respect for yourself and people respecting you as an individual relative to like the powerlifting thing like yep you know what I mean? I've had, I'll go ahead and just say it like stay-at-home mom clients who've squatted 250 pounds in competition. Dang. Both the idea of it, that's awesome. This yep. is my sense of self. This is a piece of it now. But then also like the, the practical physical capability attached to that kind of strength. Yeah. So then you bring it into the realm of jujitsu and you say, I feel more confident, more safe. Yes. I feel better in my ability to defend myself when it comes to it. Like that's huge. Yep. There was something that Jeremy actually touched on that I was happy that he did. Mm -hmm. Um, He wasn't knocking on women's self-defense. He was just stating that, um, or what I gathered from that was like, it takes years of training. And like, I've been doing this since 2010. That's 10 years of, of training that I've had to feel that I could take my child, walk through a parking lot, and know I could defend myself in a situation, you know? And when you do these, like, quick, you know, two-week seminars or you do, like, a two-hour seminar or something on self-defense, well, the first thing that I always tell people is that 
what you're learning, you're not going to retain it. But if there's anything I can drive home to you, it's spa- it's like a, your spatial awareness. Yeah, be aware of your environment. And like that's what we take away. And I always tell people like I am doing this to run away from a situation. Like I, I even knowing jujitsu would never put myself in a situation and be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go toe to toe with this guy. I'm going to see if I can armbar him. No, <laughs> no, yeah. I, I am going to make space and I'm going to run, right. you know, and people think of grappling like I'm going to grab a hold of you and choke you out. Well, the main things you learn in the early years of learning to grapple is not getting choked out and breaking away and creating space and yes. getting out of there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so it's like. I, I'm I'm not against the self defense, but I think that it was exactly what Jeremy said. It's like kind of like a false um, confidence, n- false confidence, yeah, false image of yeah, reality, maybe of what it's like. Because I'm like, you're you're not gonna remember how to break this guy's nose with the the palm or whatever you're doing. Right. You know what I mean? So you wouldn't feel confident after a. a afternoon sort of boot camp style Spanish class speaking Spanish. Yeah. Why would you put your life on the line based on the same concept? Yep. You know, for three hour seminar. So I very much like the idea of a like self-defense as a beginner course Mm -hmm. and then introducing jujitsu into it like this if we were going to take some sort of self-defense that you would be applicable to you if something happened this is what I would recommend do I still think that I should probably know some striking yeah I probably should (laughs) well and and getting to like thinking of it in terms of sellability marketability like what's somebody gonna google if I'm a gal certain size certain age maybe yep. a kid at home what am i going to google i'm going to google self-defense yep and i'm not going to google you know brazilian jiu-jitsu guard technique you know you know yep. what i mean so you're in is hey let me teach you how to defend yourself and then the, yep. the continued sell is not the right word but the continued sell is by the way come back next week let's keep talking for yep. a few years and develop some skills because that confidence that you get to be able to say that you are you know that you know that you can defend yourself or at least get a, away from a situation would be, you know, years of training. I I remember even just recently having to ask Ishmael a self-defense situation, like a question because of a situation that I was in. I got, I was hugged by somebody, but over the arms. And so it put me in a spot where I was like, if I didn't and didn't want this to happen, like what there, like I'm like this what my arms I can't do anything with my arms and I'm past the point of being able to push them away you know and so they were they were trying to give me a kiss and like that that right there just an it not necessarily was my life in danger but a situation where I wasn't comfortable with it and I had to ask him I had to ask him like what would I do and so he had given me advice on like how I should have handled this or what I should have done in this situation. So. Well, and, and arguably trivial sounding lessons from our shared experience with true crime stories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as we say, both with a smile, but like your life's not in danger till it's in danger. You know, you don't walk into a room and think, oh man, I'm screwed. Yeah. You know, you realize I'm screwed. I didn't think I was screwed, but now I'm screwed. Yeah. What can I do? 
And, and, and the, the skill set necessary for that is deeper. Oh, yeah. And that's where jujitsu comes in. Like, I tell, I tell my husband that, you know, I am comfortable being in bad situations. So that alone, if I was ever in a self-defense situation, would at least give me the ability to just take a second to think about what I need to do and then react, you know? Um, I, I don't mind. Like when I'm rolling, sometimes I will literally take a whole entire session and every time I'm rolling, I'm just in defense, defense, because I forgot what it was like. You know, I'm always, if, if I'm just playing on the offense all the time, I don't ever figure out my defense or how to, you know, teach it. Right. Cause that's, that's how I will figure out things to teach is based on, you know, putting myself in situations, but the, the skills that you learn from jujitsu and those are things that you, you develop through the time of, you know, I have to be put in this bad spot and nobody wants to be mounted nobody wants to be inside control but i have to do it well and then like fundamentally what what like the the self-defense seminar over the weekend gets right is it's hey you're in this really bad position yeah right so yeah after years of training and, and developing expertise like reminding yourself that the people who are coming to me the people who i'm pitching this sport this activity to are worried about this position yep you know so starting with somebody on your back reaching around your neck is not a bad thing perspective wise right you ready for me to put Polly on the spot yes yeah <laughs> Polly's a dad of two daughters oh yes so I'm gonna have him take my spot while I sneak off to a bathroom break and he's gonna ask a question about that <laughs> yes well think about it like you know, since you do have two daughters, like, do you, I don't want to say necessarily lie awake thinking about all the bad things that could happen, but like, you know, the world. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I don't, and I, and I don't think it's from a standpoint of being naive. Um, I just think if you, if you think about all the bad things that can happen, it's going to ruin your life. This <laughs> you is true. I mean, That's like, true. um, I try to, I just, I think, I think my kids are, I try to make them aware of situations and it's obviously it's, it's never somebody's fault when they become a victim. Um, but I just, I hope my, my kids are aware that, um, in a sense that they avoid a bad situation that could become potentially. Yep. Um, but that being said, uh, I love that Sophia, uh, has been doing jujitsu and, and obviously with the, the summer we had and then her being off at first school for her freshman year, she's been away from it for a little while, but, um, yeah, I hope it's something she sticks with. And, you know, once Josie's soccer's done, I really hope it's something that she gets into. So why did you get, uh, did you get Sophia into it? Yeah, it it wasn't anything, uh, planned. Mm -hmm. It was, um, it was just, you know, it was one of those things she, she had played soccer when she was younger and it just wasn't something she loved doing. So she, uh, she danced as well. Um, you know, both girls played soccer and danced. Um, Josie dropped the dance and loves soccer and she still loves soccer and she does that um Sophia you know just wasn't that interested in soccer so she quit that and, and just 
danced and it got to the point where she like you know kathy used to be a professional ballroom dancer and so i know right it was very different when we first started dating because i knew nothing about that (laughs) i didn't even know it was a thing i was like huh (laughs) what that's a thing but uh but anyways not that we ever pressured her but i think she kind of felt like she had to do something that one of us did so she was like still dancing to the point where finally she was she just didn't want to do it anymore and and that was fine with us you know we were like if if, if you don't want to do it yeah. you gotta do something yeah right like find something and i had just started jujitsu a little bit you know maybe a couple years before that and i'm like why don't you come try this i'm like just try you you might have fun yeah. and um and we would like mess around like wrestling here you know whatever and um she seemed to have fun with it i was like i think you'll like it and she she did she came and took a private with I want to say Danny. Yep. Um, I don't think it was Ryan yet. I think Danny was still there. And uh, she took a private and I was like, what'd you think? And she's like, ah, I don't know. She still just wasn't quite ready for it. And then, um, you know, every once in a while, I'd be like, hey, you want to come to jujitsu? No, no. You know, and it wasn't anything I was pressuring. I was just like, half the time I was kind of joking. Yeah. And one day I was like, hey, you want to you come take a class? Why don't you come take a class with me tonight? And she's like, okay. And I was like, seriously? Cool. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, let's go. Let's go before you change your mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and that was it. Like, okay. um, you know, after class that night, it was a, it was a Monday night, I want to say. Um, you know, we left left class and I was like, well, what'd you think? And she's like, I liked it. And I was like, do you think it's something you want to like do? Like, do you want to sign up and do it? And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. I was like, this is the only rule I'll make. I'm like, if you do it, you have to do it for six months. Like, sure. for sure, you have to do it for six months. If you if you choose to, I'm like, I'm not even saying you have to, but if you want to sign up tomorrow, um, then you you're signing up for six in. months. Mm-hmm. And there were, it was funny, you know. You mentioned, um, you know, even as a purple belt going, I think that is invaluable for. Um, you know, I'm speaking specifically from Sophia's standpoint and I don't want to speak for her, but for her to hear that you still had that issue as a purple belt will be, cause I know there were times when she wanted to do the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. she would like get to class and be like, ah, what am I doing? Yep. You know, I want to go home, you know, that kind of thing. And you know, luckily she, she, she got it out and, and followed through with it. Um, and again, she's she's taking a little break right now, just being her freshman year at school. I'd be really curious to know if um, if her thoughts on jujitsu or her upbringing in jujitsu mm-hmm. would have changed if there would have been a female that would have been like, "Hey, let me take you under your under my wing and you know, kind of help guide you to to how to be more comfortable." Yeah, I think. Um. I kind of think she had that. Well, she did. Good. Yeah. Good, yeah. Good, good. I think, well, I mean, not to, not just cause you're here, but, um, you, and I don't want to leave anybody out, but just off the top of my head, like you and Katrina yes. and Heidi and Jessica, um, Ferris, like, I know, like, she loved going to class when you guys were there, you know, like that kind of thing. So I think she did have that. Good. I know, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, 
I mean, we still have the pictures. They're hanging in the garage right now from her um, graduation party. You know, we had these, like, posters made of, like, things for, for her high school graduation. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of jiu-jitsu pictures on there, and there's one that's, like, you, Heidi, Akila, Jessica, Katrina, you know, it's just one of those things that's just... So I think she had that, and right. I think and I think, to your point, had she not had that, I don't think just me encouraging her would have kept her there. So, so I think that she was very fortunate in that regard. I was fortunate in that regard for, um, you know, for her sake that that I kept her coming back because yeah, had had that not been there, I don't know that she would have stuck with it. Yeah, you know, and it, and it wasn't thing again. I wasn't trying to pressure her so. It was all on her own choice, one hundred percent of the time. So that's yeah. good. I'm glad. I I hope she does stick with it, and um, at least for sure when she comes and visits, she needs to come and roll yeah. with us. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, she's such a sweetheart, and I'm glad that she likes it, and she she does great. I mean, every time I've rolled with her, she's she's always learning. So yeah, I, she has fun. It's one of those in this is just like, I think she has a similar personality to myself. Um, and it's not just about jujitsu. It's about anything. Um, concert I want to go to, right? Like there's a concert that I'd be dying to go see for, I can't wait to go to Rage Against Machine, right? Like they were yeah. supposed to come last year with run the jewels and it got canceled. Now it maybe, or maybe not the day of the concert. I'm going to sit here and be like, I don't want to go. Like, but I can't wait to go right now. But the day of the show, I'll sit here and be like, I'll have to like psych myself out to go. Yeah. And, um, she has that in her too. So it's like one of those things where like, I know she likes it, but there's times she has a good time, but it just takes getting over that hump of getting there. Yeah. And then like, like you were saying, when she's there, she loves it. She loves it. But totally. It's just a matter of just going, making yourself go do it. So you got to get through that. Mm-hmm. You do. <laughs> he was very much put on the spot and he was like, po- ah. yeah, Paulie's good on the mic, but he's uncomfortable for some reason. <laughs> he is. He is. Is that good? Should we let you go? There's a lot of good stuff. It was good oh. talking to you for sure. Good. Okay. Well, you feel good. Yeah. I mean, anything else you want to say? People want to call out. Want to throw the gauntlet down? <laughs> uh, no, I don't really. I can't really think of anybody. Everybody. Oh, I'm always out for uh, Marcus. That's for sure. Well, yeah. Marcus is like, he's my, well, I'm going to get him. I, I'm going to catch him. You will. Yeah. At some point. I uh, I have to say that I, I passed his guard once. You passed Marcus's guard once? I did. And I will, hmm. I will say it because I'm pretty sure that Ishmael saw it too. So it was like one of those even like greater moments where I was like, mm-hmm. and I made sure to be loud to be like, yes, look at this. This happened one, one time. And then the other two times he always will, like I almost pass his guard, but then he like turtles up or he like scrambles or something. He's like just an advantage point. And I'm like, <laughs> 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 so he's. I'm always out for Marcus, but it always in good fun because he's mm-hmm. he's one that I will not necessarily compare myself to. But if I, you know, for that moment that I took that victory, that I passed his guard because I'd been working hard, you know, on that. Yeah, just for specifically. Sure. So it's the uh, 
the little victories, which brings me to my point of your question that you, okay. that you always ask, um, at the end of your podcast okay. of like, what advice do I have Yeah, for, for any given level? Yep. Um, it's to count those little victories. Like we, we've touched on through the whole entire podcast about just showing up and getting on the mats. I know that it's hard. Um, I mean, as I said, in in my own experiences, I felt that at purple, you're going to feel that throughout the whole entire journey, no matter what I feel like if I don't want to say if you're not, then you're not doing it right. But you, you're going to have those moments that you just need to push through and keep going. And it seems so cliche because that's what everybody says. But if you take your little victories, um, you know, like today I didn't get submitted by this one guy or I passed this one person's guard or, and like, it's not necessarily you comparing yourself to somebody. Um, but it's, it's more so trying to take the approach that I am getting better. Like I am learning things and I can, um, execute smoother or I can do something that, that helps a lot. That was something that when I was doing, pants camp I was having a really really hard time because I was just training with guys that were like 200 plus pounds and they were just smoking me and I could never do anything so one day Lemmy came up to me he told me today all I want you to do is I want you to pull guard and I want you to just get underneath them get to an x guard get to get to whatever guard underneath them that you want to right so I have a clip of that training session and like that's all I did And he was like, that was perfect. That was exactly what I wanted you to do. And I went away from that not feeling defeated. Like I was just like, okay, yes, I did it. I, I could pull guard and get underneath and set up my X guard perfectly and execute, you know? And so just those little victories, that's, that's my best advice is to just stick with it and take those little victories rather than, you know, I need to submit this person or I shouldn't be getting submitted here. Like, don't be thinking about that. You need to be thinking about your small progress. Just like I'm sure for you with the weight, like weightlifters and things like that. It's the little, the little things that matter, you know? So. And maybe it's okay if you cry in your car on the way home. (gasps) All the time. (laughs) (laughs) all the time it doesn't matter like um yeah I mean good god (laughs) so many tears over jujitsu and it might be even the smallest thing but I'm sure there's people that have cried on the mats too I typically would wait until I got off the mats but (laughs) and there are times where I've actually gotten into the bathroom (laughs) cried and then come back out like I've like recomposed so Mm -hmm. it's okay at least I say it's okay (laughs) so it's okay you sound a little biased though (laughs) I'm very biased. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's worth it. It really is. In the end. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to yet another episode of the Pohada Podcast. Hopefully that conversation was enlightening and entertaining. And now an annoyingly ambiguous clip of next week's conversation. And it, it feel like the first time it happens, it does feel like... Uh, like something's really wrong. And sometimes you'll hear, <laughs> it's, it's funny when it happens to somebody for the first time because you'll, they'll sometimes say stuff like that because they've just, it 
feels so bad and it feels like it's everywhere inside your torso. It creates a panic like, attack. Something's really wrong. Something's wrong. Something you know, like call the ambulance. Like, <laughs> and then it goes away. It, yeah. It's it's like a cloud. Um, just sort of dissipating. Yeah. So bizarre. 